What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Cast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things world-wondering stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt Turner, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's five-star season. It sure is, brother. It sure is. And uh, we have we have a lot to talk about, my friend. I'm super excited to talk about uh, not only the five-star, but all the... Uh, Crazy news, of course. There's a Stardom press conference, which means you know, you know, uh, means nothing but shenanigans. And then we have a few shows to go over as well, which we'll cover. But first and foremost, sir, how was your trip over to uh, Croatia? Right, isn't that where you went? It was indeed. Um, it was lovely. Um, obviously, we went for uh, Big Mama Goodwin's 60th birthday. Um, but it was it was brutally hot, and as any Brit can tell you. Uh, we enjoy complaining about when it's too cold. We enjoy complaining about when it's too hot. We are we complain about the weather unless it is fiercely mild. Um, it was it was extremely hot. I'm talking like 36 degrees Celsius, and I'm just I'm just not built for that. But aside from that, Croatia is an absolutely beautiful country. We went to Split, which is uh, sort of on the coast. Um, so yeah, very very nice. It was a big Game of Thrones museum. Um, 
and there was a big palace and there was just lots and lots of nice things to do plus it was only a two and a half hour flight which of course always helps but uh, yeah it was it was a lovely trip thank you um and i managed to survive it so uh, all good news on that front and here you are now when is your mom's birthday what's the actual date if you don't mind me asking uh, my mom's birthday was the 24th so the monday Okay. I, the reason why I was asking is because I, when we were texting back and forth yesterday, the 27th was Amber's birthday. And I believe Kirsty's birthday is the 17th of June, correct? Your memory for dates like this is just, it's unrivaled, oh, my friend. Oh, hold on. The only reason why I remember that is because that's my sister's birthday. So I was like, boy, that's something that, again, as if we don't have enough in common, that uh, we're always finding new things, you know, almost mm-hmm. two years later that we have in common. I'm like, well, okay, your girlfriend's birthday is the same day as my daughter's. I was, or not my daughter, my sister. I said, wouldn't it be something? Because I know he's away for the week for his mom's birthday. Wouldn't it be something if his mom and my wife shared the same birthday? I was like, that would be, that would be something. But uh, no, brother, I'm glad that you had a really good time. I'm glad that you survived and uh, you're back up and running, my friend. And thanks to everybody for the patience. Obviously, the show is getting up a little bit later than normal um, instead of me doing the show solo. I wanted to wait for Rob. Rob, I will wait for you, my friend. I will wait for you. And obviously, it's it's better as us as a duo, especially with all the mammoth stuff that we have to talk about, good sir. So, um, yes, there is a lot of stardom stuff to talk about. However, Rob, we're going to do a little side, little small sidetrack here that we tend to do. Of course. Have you been watching any... Yes, it's par for the course, right? Have you been watching any of this season's Dark Side of the Ring? Um, I caught a little bit of um Abdullah the Butcher and I caught maybe two or three minutes of the Bam Bam Bigelow one. Funny you should mention Bam Bam Bigelow, which was they're all fantastic. They do a great job. The Bam Bam Bigelow one aired this past week and it was fantastic. And I was quickly reminded, Rob, of the time that Bam Bam Bigelow almost beat me up. Now, Rob, if it's okay with you, <laughs> would you like for me to tell that to tell you and all of our fantastic listeners, friends, and family of the Stardom cast at the time that Bam Bam Bigelow almost beat me up? Of course, I want to hear about that time. <laughs> of course, I do. I can't imagine anyone wanting to beat you up. So, for Bam Bam Bigelow, notoriously nice guy, Bam Bam Bigelow, to want to beat you up, amazing. No, I had a and I I forgot about this story happened seventeen, eighteen years ago, and I maybe I just pushed it out of my mind, but. So let me set the stage. So I think the whole entire reason why he didn't end my life right then and there when this happened is because I name dropped one Chris Candido. Obviously, if you remember from ECW, Chris Candido, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Shane Douglas were a part of the triple threat. So prior, maybe about two weeks prior to my near-death experience from the Beasts of the East, I was on a whole bunch of shows in the uh, Chicago area. Uh, with one Chris Candido. At this point, Chris Candido had cleaned up his life. He got off the drugs, got off the pills, got off the alcohol, became really, really good friends with CM Punk. As you know, CM Punk, uh, my head, the person who trained me for professional wrestling. And Chris Candido took a liking pretty much right away, pretty much to everybody, because Chris is just a, an absolute great guy and somebody to this day that's, that should be, uh, should, still should be celebrated just for how ahead of the game of wrestling that he was. But I remember doing these shows, and as soon as I would come back from the curtain on a majority of these shows, Chris would, um, first of all, there was 30 or 40, 50, there was like 30 or 40 people on these shows, and Chris was dressed to the nines. Button-down shirt, hair was perfect, uh, nice shoes, dress pants, outside of wearing like a tie, he was almost in like a full suit. There were like 30, 40 people in the crowd. So that's one thing I noticed just how professional he was. 
So after pretty much every one of my matches on this little tour that I did of the Midwest, he would grab me as I was coming out of the curtain. He's like, hey, kid, can I give you some advice? And I'm like, yes, Chris Candido, former <laughs> champion in every big wrestling company. So he would te- tell me things like how to sell to the crowd and sell to the camera and stuff. I talk about why I love Mayu so much. It's because she knows where the camera is and where the crowd is, and she projects that selling. And then there was one time him and A. Steel took me aside, and they taught me how to do the rapid-fire forearms that we see one Hazuki doing. I guess I'm tying this into stardom after all. So, Chris, what I'm trying to say is Chris was an absolute fantastic guy. I'm just so gracious with his time and his knowledge. And instead of you going to him, he's like, hey, kid, can I give you some advice? And after he would give you the advice, he would shake your hand and say, hey, thanks for taking my advice. I'm like, no, thank you. You're going out of your way to give this young punk rookie advice. You're Chris Candino, for, for goodness sakes. So, now, Rob, as you know, I am from a little town in Pennsylvania called Old Forge. Old Forge is known for their pizza. Again, I've said it on this podcast before. If you Google pizza capital of the world, Old Forge, Pennsylvania comes up. It's where I spent the first 30 years of my life. And I've worked at a pizza parlor. I still do on the weekends as one of my 42 side gigs. But at this point in my life, I was full-time at the pizza parlor. Now, one of my bosses was a very big uh, jokester, prankster, or, you know, would like to rib me a lot if we're going to go the wrestling terms. So it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday night. It wasn't that busy. He was bartending. I'm making pizza. And he comes in. He said, hey, how would you like to meet Bam Bam Bigelow? Now, I'm 99% sure he's joking with me because he's always ribbing me. So I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. He goes and leaves the kitchen. My buddy, who's prepping in the back kitchen, goes, if you wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow, would you be able to beat him? And I go, oh, I'd kick his ass. I, he's past his prime. He's out of shape. He wouldn't be able to deal with my European, uh, Japanese, American style. I said, I would kick his ass so bad. I must have said I, must, I'm gonna, I would kick his ass two or three times. Oh, like, and just like a movie, Rob, my buddy starts pointing like, hey, turn around. Well, I turn around, and guess who's two feet in front of me? (laughs) Now, keep in mind. Now, Rob, now you've seen pictures of me when I graduated from the Ring of Honor Dojo. I was not very intimidating. I was about 155 pounds soaking wet holding a brick. Now I'm a little bit over 200 pounds, but not that I'm a giant man to begin with. So I'm 155 pounds soaking wet, and there's Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, the beast from the East, 300 pounds, tattooed on his head, the whole nine, right? Very intimidating-looking individual. He starts rubbing his chin. He goes, so you can kick my ass, huh? I don't remember what I said other than the fact that I was trying not to pee my pants or ER. I might have. And then he starts going on about how, you know, you, you, you're going to kick my ass. Really? How are you going to kick my ass? And then I was, I don't remember what I said. I must have blanked out. He goes, your boss told me that uh, you just started wrestling on the indies. And I go, oh, yes. I was just on a bunch of shows with Chris Candido. He 180. Oh, really? Oh, man, that's awesome. How's he doing? Oh, I heard he got clean. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm like, he gave me some advice. He goes, well, did you take his advice? I go, I sure did. He goes, that's great. It's great to hear that Chris is doing good. It's great that you're out there all over the place doing the indies and that you're taking advice from the veterans. He shook my hand and he said, and your pizza was fantastic. And out the door he went. What a legend. <laughs> what an absolute... Honestly, I am so happy that Bam Bam Bigelow is a nice guy. Like... I'm amazed that this didn't make it into the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode because I feel like they could have done something, you know, with uh, with all the tension and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> still can't believe that you uh, were suckered into uh, telling people that you could beat up Bam Bam Bigelow. The man is enormous. 
I didn't think he was there. That's why at the start of this segment, you're like, why would anybody beat you up? You're a nice guy. I'm like, oh no, I, I had this coming. I'm like, yeah, I can kick. I must have said I can kick his ass two or three times and my buddy's pointing, like, turn around. And there he was. I'm like, oh man. Like I said, I forget what I said. He was like, you really think you can kick my ass? And he got his volume got a little high. And then once I mentioned I was a bunch of shows with Chris Candido, he completely 180 and told me good luck on the indies and great great job taking advice from the veterans and my pizza was fantastic. So, <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, like, I, I I feel like we need to talk about this so-called friend that baited you into saying you could kick Bam Bam, Bam Bigelow's ass, <laughs> knowing that Bam Bam Bigelow was there. Like he never said he never really baited me. He's like if he's, he basically just said he's like if you wrestled him, would you would you be able to? And I I was insanely cocky at that time. <laughs> well, we've all seen the pictures of you with that goatee. I mean, I feel like they go hand in hand, the goatee and the cockiness, my friend. But that was that, my friend. But I'm glad that he spared my life and he didn't put me through the uh, the 500 degree pizza ovens that were about five feet behind me. <laughs> um but yes I'm, I'm glad you've started with that that's probably made me giggle um but yes obviously this is a stardom podcast we have got a phenomenal amount to talk about i wish i had a better segue to be perfectly honest but there we are um as matt said thank you for uh for your patience as uh you've sort of waited for this episode to do with the opening night of the five star ordinarily matt would have been an absolute hero and just done it on his own but uh i desperately wanted to be a part of this one so he agreed to wait um, but before we delve into everything uh, to do with the five star and everything that's come from the fact that we've had a stardom press conference, which means just all of the gifable moments, um, Matt, what's coming up on our Patreon this week? Rob Goodwin, my good friend, I would like to answer your question with a question. Do you love, love, love that Julia, good sir? I, I am known to be partial to a Julia, yes. Because we have a lot of Julia. Um, yesterday, the Julia 2022 five-star Grand Prix review, that went up in the Patreon feeds. Also, um, early on, or basically before the end of the month, which is vastly approaching, we will be doing a bonus alternate commentary of Julia challenging Shuri for the World of Stardom Championship. Um, that came from Dream Queendom of last year. Not only one of the best stardom matches I've ever seen, one of the best matches I've ever seen. So, Rob, fingers crossed. Him and I will be recording that in a handful of hours, but that will be in your Patreon feeds um, sometime before the end of the month. Also, which will be in your Patreon feeds by the end of the month will be, excuse me, will be um, our What If segment, which I know Rob absolutely loves the What If fantasy booking. What if Julia did not get injured and she won the 2021 five-star Grand Prix? Uh, also, the alternate commentary of Mayu versus Suzuki from the 2019 five-star grand prix we released that last week as well as our roundtable discussion with our good friend one of the most handsome man in all of joshi wrestling one scotty wrestling we did our top five favorite five-star grand prix uh matches and um so that's basically everything that is in your feed and which will be coming up on your patreon feed uh, throughout the rest of the month of july but uh, coming up in August, which is next week, believe it or not, Rabbit, time is just time is just a ticking, my friend. Uh, coming up in August, we are doing a Saya Kamatani theme. Saya is obviously in the news uh, quite a bit for stardom. You know, we'll get into it with their injury. And this is something that Rob and I were actually planning on doing a few months ago. Um, so they, we kind of had it in the bank of what we we're going to do. So obviously Saya is going to be on the shelf with some injury, but hopefully we can kind of bring her into everybody's lives in the month of August as uh, the Saya Kamatani theme is what we're doing. Uh, you still have, I believe, one or two days to vote for the bi-weekly um, 
podcast episode, and your choices are Saya Kamatani's Wonder of Stardom Run, which I think is going to win the poll, Rob. It's like 60%, and I'm hoping it's going to win the poll because uh, I will absolutely love going back and watching <laughs> those matches from her Wonder of Stardom Run. Uh, the other options are Saya Kamatani and Yutami Ayashista, their run in the Goddess of Stardom Tournament from last year, 2021, or 2022. Um, also, Saya's Cinderella win in 2021 and Saya's run in 2021 of the five-star Grand Prix. So those are your options. There is still time to vote, so get your votes in. And also, we will be doing for uh, the Summer of Saya, we'll be doing four matches for the alternate commentary. And Rob, would you like to let the listeners know what the two matches you have picked are? Okay, well, I'm going to start with uh, the match that probably surprises no one. Um, and one that I feel like the more times we watch it, I'm just going to be even happier to cover it. Um, and that is the match between Saya Kamatani and Hazuki from the Triangle Derby Finals. Um, a fantastic match. Um, in my eyes, the best match of a phenomenal run for Saya with the white belt. Um, and, you know, it, it really did sort of reinforce the fact that Hazuki is just one of the best in stardom. And hopefully we will see her with a singles title sooner rather than later, because I feel if anyone on the stardom roster deserves it, it is Hazuki. So match number one, Sai Kamatani versus Hazuki from the 4th of March, 2023. Um, And then my next one is one that I think... You know, again, from the white belt run. So, Matt, you're going to be watching these matches a couple of times. Um, This is a match from that run that I feel often gets um, overlooked, despite the fact that it is a really, really good match. And that is against Yutami Hayashishita. From... Those are the two matches that I picked. Unbelievable. <laughs> two, two in a row. But I just say uh, ten backups. Go ahead, sir. I was just going to say it's not like we're short of Sai Kamatani <laughs> matches. Um, simply because the match the following night with Tam was so good. Um, people often forget that she also put a banger on against Utami the night before. Um, so I believe I've only seen that match once, whereas I've seen the Tam match a handful of times. And I'm, I'm, I'd am i like to go back to it, especially as obviously uh, there's been um, some dissent between Aphrodite before everything was, uh, was made up around Stardom Sunshine. So yeah, those are my two matches. I apologize, Matt, for the second month in a row, I have taken the exact same matches as you, which I didn't, uh, was not my intent. But uh, what about you? What are your matches for this summer of Sire? I was 99% sure you're going to take the Hazuki match. So I was like, all right, I know he's going to take that one. Fine. I'm like, I'm going to take the Utami match just because I, that was my plan. Final. For the five star, obviously that won't happen, and we'll get into you know that heartbreak later on. But I was like that Utami match; it's like a four and a half, four and three fourth star match, and it gets underlooked because how good the Mirai match and the Mika match and the Himika match. And that's why I was going to put it on there. However, good sir, you scooped it up, not a problem. So we were going to yes, we were going to continue with more Sayakamatani Wonder of Stardom uh, Championship matches. We're going to go to dream, the very first Dream Queendom where she started the road to the uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship where she uh, defeats Tam Nakano in an af- absolute blistering main event. And Rob, to this day, I still don't know which Tam versus uh, Sai match I like more, that one or the one from Night 2 of World Climax. And that just goes to show the chemistry that those two have. So um, that's my first match. My next match, I know this is an audio podcast and not a visual, but once I say it, I have a feeling that Rob is going to fist bump in the air or jump out of his seat because I know he's going to be super excited to call this one. Rob, we're going to call 
the generational struggle eight person uh, tag match. The first one, yes. the, the one that goes to the 30 minute time limit draw where it's Saya, Utami, uh, Micah, and Suzu versus Sherry, Tam, Mayu, and Julia. So uh, that was kind of, I figured that would be my number one backup because I know how much you would want to call that. Mm-hmm. So uh, bravo, my friend. So this is going to be, so if I have this right, we're going to be calling three Saya wonder matches versus Tam, where she wins the belt, versus Utami versus Suzuki, which you just mentioned, that's your favorite match of the run. I'll go one step further, saying that's my favorite wonder match of all time, whether it's Eo's run, Arisa's run, uh, Momo's run, Julia's run. That is my favorite wonder of stardom match of all time. And then the instant classic from Cork and Hall, uh, just the maybe about a month or two ago of that 30-minute time limit, uh, eight-person tag. So we've never done anything with that many wrestlers. So we have eight people that uh, we have to get over in that span of time. So I'm looking forward to calling it and I'm looking forward to the challenge of that as well, my friend. Absolutely. I mean, I was going to take a guess at what you, I, I did think you would go for the other town one, but uh, I was convinced you were going to go where Saikamatani Starlight Kid. Um, but that's absolutely fine because there are going to be more summers of Sire, I'm sure. Um, and there's going to be more and more great matches to, uh, to pick from. And uh, having that one in the bank, as well as having the Mirai one in the bank, is uh, is very very exciting, um, but I just wanted to shout out our fantastic patrons, and I can't remember if I did this on the last episode with us having four hundred and eighty five things to get through before uh, I had to rush off and lose in a football match five two. Not that I'm bitter, um, but I'm just going to shout out some of our brand new patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash the Stardom Cast. Uh, Benley Beardface Killer, which again outstanding name um Elodia and john wakeland thank you so much for subscribing to our patreon we honestly appreciate every single one of you and your support is phenomenal now just before we get into everything i'm just going to switch the order of things because a lot of the news coming out of stardom this week is intrinsically linked to the five-star opening night. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the show reviews first um, because one of the big things to come out of that show has impacted um, the other sort of news items. So we'll go straight from the show reviews into that news before we go into our previews of what is coming up in the next couple of weeks. But Matt, before we do any of that, I just wanted to say um, and just wanted to let you know live on air that uh, this may well be my last podcast on the Stardom cast. What? I know. Um, uh, As you know, I have just come back from Croatia, and uh, my lovely girlfriend said that she would take me to my brother's house to drive me to the airport. And this was at quarter to four in the morning, so uh, neither of us are at our best that time in the morning. And I thought, rather sneakily, do you know what? I'm going to ask her for a winner's of night one at the five star Grand Prix because she's. T- oh, I see where you're going with. Oh, you scared me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, wait a minute. We just said everything we're doing on Patreon. You're- oh, hold on. You keep talking wrong. I'm, oh, my God. I'm just- I have a heart attack here. I know where you're going. Go. Holy jeez. My apologies. <laughs> um, so, you know, she's tired. She's. Uh, maybe I'll be able to get her to say some stupid picks by accident because she doesn't follow stardom. <laughs> And I'll be able to get one over her um, because, you know, I should do. And I'm scared that she's going to beat me because I do a podcast and she doesn't know who these people are. Matt, not 
since the great wars of history has that been such a slapping as Kirsty defeating me in this five-star pickums. I'm not going to go through what she got or who she got, should I say, but I have to, it. to my <laughs> I have the bubble. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. To my paltry three correct answers. Out of ten matches, I got three correct. Kirsty, who does not watch Stardom, and I cannot stress this enough, she does not watch it, got six out of ten. She got every single major one correct. I, I just... I don't... Do you want me to make you feel worse? No, not even slightly! I'm going to, because this is... So, folks, again, this is what we're doing. So, um, a day or two before all these shows, I'm going to text Rob and be like, hey, I need you and Kirstie's picks. And uh, obviously, I'll have my picks and Amber's picks. And then each show, we're going to t- tally everything up. So, uh, I mean, we're already into it. We may as well go into it. So, Kirsty, okay, got six. Rob had three. You know who else got three? Your co-host, <laughs> who also does the Stardom cast. So, if you're adding that up, <laughs> mine and Rob's total scores, who watch every Stardom match for the last two years. <laughs> Rob has written a book. I have countless of notebooks. On, on these matches, our combined oh, score tied his girlfriends. Now, to oh. make matters even worse, Amber got four. So me and you, buddy, at least, oh, we're, we're, no. uh, at least we're together as always, buddy, in the basement. So I have three, you have three, Amber has four, and Kirsty has six. She is going to be <laughs> insufferable when she gets in from work tonight and she finds out that she's won. Like, the first night, obviously. She is going to be absolutely insufferable um but i never thought i'd say this thank god for natsu katora um uh, we'll get into all of our picks and things and uh once we actually get into our review of night one but um quite pleasingly actually um stardom world has upped its game when it comes to uploading shows and uh, we got an absolute volley of shows uploaded in preparation for the five star um, we got the show from the 17th, the show from the 19th, the show from the 20th, and the show from the 21st, all uploaded within, I'd say, within two days of them um, being live, Matt. So the fact that that's happening, hopefully, it means that we're not going to have any more instances of the obscene backlog we had during the uh, during the Golden Week tour. So what we're going to do, as always, because we've got these four shows to talk about before we get into sort of the main event of the five-star Grand Prix um, opening night, is I will go through all the results and sort of we'll talk, talk about some of the cherry-picked matches. Um, but before we start any of that, I think it's safe to say, Matt, that Meltier might have had the best run of four shows in stardom house show history thousand percent and um obviously you know we'll get it we can do it well you know we're already talking about let's get into it now i think that uh once tam drops his red belt which i think will happen at the end of the year i would be hard pressed to see them not putting tam and not back together as a full-time tag team they were great in their run that match where they beat fwc i believe it's at stardom x stardom last year for the uh the goddess belt is one of the best stardom tag matches i've ever seen and i think their tag run got cut short i don't think anybody expected them to drop the belts as fast as they did to seven up but then uh, you know we they looked like they had other directions for tam but I, I still think that and this is no disrespect to rolls gold or fwc or any of the teams 
coming off these shows, Meltzer is the best tag team in all of stardom. It's, it's, again, it's wrestling. I say it all the time. It's subjective. You can like what you like. I know I can be partial towards Meltzer. But you said it yourself, my friend. They These four shows, they were absolutely fantastic. And I would, you know, once it is time for Tam Nakano to pass the red belt, again, I think it'll happen at the end of the year. I would love to see Meltier be back together as a full-time tag team and then get like a seven, eight, nine, nine-month run with those goddess belts, Rob. But yeah, they were unbelievable on these shows. They were. They uh, they certainly had a lauded run um, against the likes of uh, May and Suzu and um, against um, Azumi and Saya as well. Both really standout matches and the match we're going to be talking about a lot more in a moment. Uh, but we'll start with the show from the 17th of July, the culmination, the end of the Summer North Tour, night four from Sapporo Hokkaido, from the Shatteres Gato Kingdom Sapporo, fantastically named arena, in front of 509 people. And the first thing we should note, Matt, and perhaps the most important thing on this entire show, is the result of this opening match. Singles match. Damn right. Sayurida <laughs> defeated Yuna Mizumori with the Idabashi in six minutes and 50 seconds. Honestly, Matt, I have not been as happy with a result. I don't think in wrestling history. Well done, Sayur. Thoroughly deserved. Between that and your job on commentary on the five-star Grand Prix, you did a fantastic job. Um, we then had another singles match. Momo Watanabe defeating Hanako in six minutes with the B-Driver. Um, we then had um, a tag team match, FWC, defeating the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Miyu Amasaki, with Kagame getting the pin with the diving body press in 10 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, we then had a six-woman tag team match, the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May and Waka Sukiyama, defeating Micah Maysera and Suzu Suzuki, with Mina Shirakawa getting the win with the glamorous driver Mina over Maysera in 14 minutes and 17 seconds. Um, we then had a six-woman tag team match uh, with the D- Donna Del Mondo team, sorry, of Julia Tekla and May Sakurai, the Barry Barry Bombers, defeating the Stars team of Mai Wibutani, Hannon and Momo Kogo, with Julia getting the pinfall over Momo um, with the glorious driver in 10 minutes and 57 seconds. Um, perhaps the match of the entire run of these shows um, comes in our semi-main event, a tag team match, Natsupoy and Tam Nakano, Meltia, and the Queen's Quest team of Sai Kamatani and Azumi went to a 15-minute time limit draw before in our main event. Um, the God's Eye team um, went on to... Uh, uh, Let's try that again. The Godsai team of Amisori, Mirai, and Saki Kashima defeated the Star Oedetai team. Sorry, it's because I'm looking at Starlight Kid. The Oedetai team of Starlight Kid, Natsukatora, and Ruwaka, with Saki Kashima getting a very therapeutic victory, a very cathartic victory over Ruwaka with the My Emblem in 10 minutes and 24 seconds. Now, Matt, I know there is a lot on this show in particular that you would like to talk about. Yeah, this was, out of the four shows, I think the best one. And it started off with, outside of a stardom pay-per-view, Rob, I don't think there was a better opening match in the history of stardom. 
than uh, Saya versus <laughs> Yuna. I mean, this thing, I mean, not just the result, like obviously, and, and I'm, I put over Yuna Mizumura a lot lately on the uh, on this show just for how much she's improving, how perfect she fits in with Cosmic Angels. And, you know, I hope, I hope she does get that win where she joins. Obviously, she's gotten a fantastic shape. And again, this, sometimes this podcast turns into the Saida tribute uh, podcast or episode. So we all love Saida. But like all joking aside, and as much love as we have for both Yuna and Saida, this was a fantastic match. I mean, we went under seven minutes. Like these two were shot out of a cannon. It was like chops, lariats. It was like we're getting this much violence in match one. Like holy geez, like these two went in with something to prove. Like look, we know we're on the lower tier of the, of the roster. They're giving us seven minutes to do our thing. Let's make sure that we go out there, we put on a show, we hit hard that uh, you know there's no missteps there's no holes in our game and these two just absolutely beat the crap out of each other that the, the psychology was good it was a 50 50 match as the match was getting towards the finish and again you have a seven minute match the opener you're not going to have a lot of time to build to the finish but i wasn't sure who was going to win and then ida had the ida bashi on and i was just looking at the ref and i'm like please don't kick out please don't kick out <laughs> all, again all due respect to Yuna Mori, but we just absolutely love saida and i'm like man not only does to get a win she showed out here. This was great. I had this at three and three fourth stars, and I would love to see these two run it back with maybe an extra minute or two, just maybe to, to build towards the finish even more. But I absolutely love this match. And again, um, you know, if uh, there, if you guys have seen a better opening non pay per view match in Stardom history, let me know. I would love to watch it. But for my money and my memory, which isn't too good, but uh, this was the best opener I've seen in Stardom. Yeah, it was a really really good opener. Um... I think, again, you know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. We Everybody knows how good Sayurida is. I do wonder how long it is before she's given that uh, that tap on the shoulder because, again, when she got injured back in 2021, it did feel like she was on the cusp of something. So uh, it's, it's always nice to see her get a victory because uh, she is she's a very, very underappreciated wrestler on that roster. Um, Yuna Mizumori continues to impress. Um, we will talk a little bit more about the uh, the journey to joining Cosmic Angels with her because that apparently isn't over, which is ever so slightly disappointing. But, you know, if this is something she wants, she looks in fantastic condition. Um, so fingers crossed because I'm very much a fan of Yuna and I'd say that in recent times she's probably the one on the stardom roster that's grown on me the most. Let's move on yes. then to that time limit draw. Because let's be honest, Matt, it's the match we all want to talk about. And honestly, I don't think anything me and Matt are going to say will will do it justice. It is that good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And this is one, too, I even have marked here. I don't think we've ever done kind of a, uh, a quote-unquote house show match for like our alternate commentary. So this is definitely one that I would definitely like to go back sometime in time, partner. I have this, I have this earmarked as well as much as you have earmarked you, Tommy, defending against Hazuki. Because uh, I know you've said that a zillion times. You want to do that as an alternate commentary. So sometime in the future, brother, that we definitely have to get those two matches. Um, again, Meltier, absolutely fantastic here. Obviously, Sayak Kamatani, her main partner is Utami. Obviously, with Aphrodite, they had the absolutely fantastic run in last year's Goddess of Stardom tournament, making it all the way to the final. But, um, I mean, let's talk about how fantastic Azumi is, which we do quite often, and rightfully so. Obviously, Azumi is fantastic as a singles wrestler. 
she's great in these roles as like the queen's quest whether it's a six person or eight person especially if it's sai utami and azumi you know the a plus plus uh team now azumi usually teams up with miyu as o2 line and we've seen miyu's progression and improvements quite a bit since she's teamed with azumi and Azumi has really good chemistry with Lady C. I'm a huge fan of when they do that uh, double stop off Lady C's shoulders. And here she is teamed with Sai Kamatani, which you know is going to be good because those two are great. So it just goes to show you like how great Azumi is at a singles match, at a multi-person match, or a tag match. And it doesn't matter which member of Queen's Quest she's teaming with. Like The matches are always fantastic. And this one was absolutely insane. Out of the park. Um, you know, I like how Mel Tier, when they start the matches out, whether it's um, Natsupoi or Tam, or whether it's even the uh, multi-person matches with Yuna or Sori Anu, where they're kind of getting bested in the beginning of the match, and they realize, oh, wait a minute, we're probably the best tag team in this company. So they'll use teamwork, like 60 seconds into them taking heat or showing shine, and they use the teamwork to get the advantage. And I love that. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't that make sense? Um, you know, it reminded me of the time when the Rock and Roll Express wrestled Flair and Wyndham. And uh, Flair and Wyndham were just getting up on like Ricky Morton. And then Robert Gibson would come in and be like, let's just do some tag team work to get the advantage. Like, we're the tag team here. And I love how Meltier does that, even though with him being the, you know, the crowning jewel of stardom, being the uh, the Red Belt champion. Uh, we get great Tam Versailles stuff. Um, obviously they have fantastic chemistry, which we talked about earlier. And then uh, we also forget sometimes how great Azumi and Natsupoi are. I mean, they're, they're two of the three wrestlers that really held the high-speed division up the last two and a half, three years. Um, the the Meltier double super kick, and then they, they transition that into the, the double uh, German suplex. I still don't understand how they hit that perfect every time, and the ring positioning is perfect every time. Like, nobody's getting bumped into each other or thrown on the ropes or our uh, German suplex into like the turnbuckle. It just absolutely amazes me. Um, I liked how again, Meltier, Rob, my, probably my favorite move in all of wrestling, the Meltier handholding dive. So they go to do it, right? I'm getting all excited. Saya blocks it. And I'm like, oh, what a jerk. But then Saya does her picture perfect springboard dive. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But of course they build up, they build up towards it uh, for them eventually hitting the handholding dive. I liked how um, when Sai was going for the Star Crusher, Tam was able to slip out and then lock in that Northern Cross submission. I really like how she's adding that submission hold into her game. And we've seen her getting a few wins with that or basically kind of tease submission holds there. Um, love how every time that Sai is in trouble, Azumi makes the save, and she does by violently double stomping on whoever her opponent is. It's like, I just don't understand how she still has ankles. Like, she does the double stomp just running, and then she does the one from the top rope. And we've seen her do it on top of Lady C, which I mentioned before, and the cage. Like, the fact that, like, Azumi, I mean, maybe because she's so young, I'm just afraid in, like, four or five years, like, she's going to be, like, walking like Abdul the Butcher because of just, <laughs> just what she's doing to her ankles on the double stomp. Again, maybe she has all those Dr. Scholl's uh, inserts in her shoes. If that's the case, Dr. Scholl's needs to uh, sponsor Azumi, throw a couple bucks. Um and then at the end, we just get suplexes all around. Saya hits the Star Crusher uh, as the time expires. Uh, again, this is incredible. I have this at four and a quarter stars. And as far as two on two straight up tag, Rob, this is my favorite tag match in stardom this year. You're not the only one to say that either. I know that quite a few people who have seen this match have said just how damn good it is and how out of place it is on, you know, again, for lack of a better phrase, um, a road to show that this could have easily been, you know, the top of the card at Corrigan or even on pay-per-view, you know, third or fourth from the top. Um, obviously, 
again, we'll get into it. They were obviously building towards Tam and Zaya, both for the five-star and potentially beyond. Um, but Azumi as well, you've mentioned how good she is. Yes, she's fantastic. One of the best high-speed wrestlers in the world. However, especially with Tam, and then again with Mariah May, I feel like she's introducing little differences, little subtle differences to her wrestling arsenal to show that she doesn't just have to be a high-speed wrestler. Yes, when you've got that amount of talent, absolutely have it in your matches. But also, how good is it that Azumi is starting to adapt to that more main event style? Um, because the idea of a an Azumi white belt match that's different to, you know, her high-speed title defences or something like that really genuinely excites me because that, I feel, is the next step for her. She's a phenomenal wrestler, a phenomenal talent that can wrestle at an astronomical pace. But I can't wait to see that next progression where Azumi breaks through into that main event because, honestly, especially after this match and after the Mariah May match, I do feel like it's only a matter of months before that happens. Rob, you're the uh, obviously the smarter of the two here. Has um, has Azumi ever had a Wonder of Stardom Championship match? No, I don't believe so. I know she's challenged for the SWA a couple of times. I don't believe that she's ever had a white belt match. I'm sure that someone is now screaming at the podcast going, she has, she has. Against EO. How would you, hot Matt, how do you not know against EO? God damn it. God damn it. Come on. Um, I am just going to check. Um, so if you want to carry on talking about uh, the other matches that you want to talk about from this show, I'll, uh, I'll let you know in a sec. I do just real quick match four and match five. I want to talk while you're just uh, getting that information. So once you find it, feel free to cut me off. But match four, the club Venus uh, versus team uh, small, medium and large or whatever that they're calling themselves. Uh, team Suzu, team Micah, team Maysayer, whatever you want to call them. I thought that match was great. I actually gave it four stars and I put it kind of on the must see matches from this tour. I think it's little uh, medium and big. I think is the name, the makeshift team, but I thought the match was great. I love seeing Micah and uh, Mina go at it. Cause the two of them just hit really, really hard. And obviously they have a little bit of uh, past history, especially with Mina and Himika being so close. Mariah may really is adapting towards a little bit more towards of a high speed style. So her stuff with Mesa is really good. Waka again, I don't know what it is. I think Susan Suzuki has her contacts in wrong and she thinks that Waka's not Sepoy because it seems like a lot of these past shows that uh, Susan Suzuki just beating the crap out of poor Waka. But uh, yeah, I know there was a lot of stuff that Stardom dropped on us the past couple days and kudos to uh, the fantastic folks over at Stardom World because all these shows were fantastic and they were all vital to watch as you can appreciate night one of the five-star even more. And by that, I mean you go into the next match, match five with Mayu, Momokogo, and Hanan versus Julia Tekla and May Sakurai, the artist uh, stardom champions. The match was really, really good, but they do a great job with Mayu and Julia teasing, saying, hey, you have a uh, New Japan title. I have a New Japan title. Let's meet in the finals to see which one of us is better and which title is stronger. And then even Mayu told Hazuki, like, hey, you know, you're my partner. You're my friend. But if you beat me on night one, I will give you a shot at the IWGP championship. So there was a really good reason for starting to get these shows up as fast as they did. And if you were able to watch them, 
and don't really care too much about sleep like uh, I do. <laughs> and uh, we're able to get them. You were able to enjoy night one of the five star that much more. And if you haven't had a chance to watch them uh, due to time, that's what Rob and I are going to do. We're going to accentuate what, what was obviously one of the best wrestling shows of the year. So uh, as I close out the show, Rob, did, uh, did we get an answer there? Good, sir. We did. Azumi has never challenged for a wonder or world of stardom title. Again, I can't, I can't see her getting through this year without having one. Um, it would surprise me greatly if she doesn't beat Mariah in the tournament. Um, to set up a title shot later on in the year. I feel like, you know, the five star is your carte blanche to sort of set up title challenges as proved by, um, by the result from night one. Um, so I think you could do wonders for the likes of Azumi. You know, she doesn't have to win it, but you know, to give her that shot up in the upper echelon of, you know, they've already shown that white belt matches can headline pay-per-views. Mirai versus Azumi would be absolutely fantastic. Um, and I've made my thoughts very, very clear on uh, Hannon. I don't, you know, whether that shot is this year or whether it's next year, I feel like she's on the cusp as well. Um, but let's... Hold on, hold on, I got to put you over. You didn't realize what you just did there. You just said if Azumi beat Mirai, it would do wonders. Nice. For her. You did, he is, folks, he is so good. This is why 20 minutes ago when he said he's leaving the podcast, I thought I was going to call 911. That's not my heart attack. <laughs> Rob Derwin is so good that he does those things and didn't even notice. Honestly, honestly, just oh, so damn good. Uh, <laughs> um, the show from the 90s then was Stardom Amori two days in Hirosaki um, from Hirosaki Amori, Japan in the Amori Prefecture Martial Arts Hall in front of 388 people. The results are as follows. Uh, Ruwaka defeated Yuna Mizumori in singles action with the freezer bomb in 7 minutes and 39 seconds. Um, in tag team action, Hanako and Micah defeated the stars team of Momokogo and Sayaida with Micah, um, de- well, not debuting, but uh, hitting the Enbu Goho, which I believe, I believe... Uh, translates to something like the flaming drop or something like that. Uh, she hits it on Momokogo, wins in 7 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, the stars team of Hanan, Hazuki and Mayu Iwatani defeated the Queen's Quest team. Um, and Kagama, sorry, how could I forget Kagama? Uh, defeated the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki and Saya Kamatani with Hanan getting the victory over Lady C with the 17 roll-up in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, we then had a tag team match with Rose Gold. Um, I'm on the wrong day. There we go. With Rose Gold, Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa defeating the God's Eye team of Amisuri and Mirai in 12 minutes and 54 seconds with Mina Shirakawa getting the victory with the glamorous collection. Mina, um, in the second time limit draw of this run, Melty of the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupui and Tam Nakano um, and the team of Meisera and Suzu Suzuki went to a 15-minute time limit draw. And then in your main event, the Oeratai team of Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid defeated the Donna Del Mondo, Barry, Barry Bombers team of Julia, Mei Sakurai, Tekla and Julia 
in uh, in 12 minutes and 14 seconds, inevitably setting up an artist of stardom title shot later down the line. Um, Matt, what would you like to talk about from this show? I would like to talk about matches four and five, the uh, the two tag matches. Um, I thought it was really cool that we basically got a non-title rematch of Rose Gold versus the New Eras. I thought the uh, match where Rose Gold beat the New Eras for the tag belts was really, really good. And this was just a shade below it. I thought, uh, again, an excellent match. Excellent showing with Mina, Marai. Ami Sori looked really good here. It really seems like since Ami Sori took the pinfall uh, on Mina to when uh, Rose Gold won the tag belts. It really seemed like Ami Sori has really got something to prove. Well, we say, we've been seeing her come out more aggressive. Obviously, she came out super aggressive and kicked out of a combination from Tora, which we'll talk about um, on the first night of the five-side Grand Prix. That really, I didn't expect her to kick out. She's showing a lot more fire. And I'm really interested to see uh, what Ami Sori does the rest of this tournament coming out, because she looked really, really good here. Out of the four wrestlers, I thought she was the MVP of the match. Not that Mariah May, Mina, or... Uh, or uh, Mariah, uh, Mina, Mariah May, and Mariah. Say that three times fast. Mariah May, Mina, Mariah. They were, they were fantastic as always, but I think they did a good job highlighting um, Ami Sori in that match, Rob. And I actually had it at three and three-fourth stars. Impressive. Now, I haven't actually had a chance to watch anything from this show, so uh, I have got a watch list the length of my arm to catch up on from these house show matches. I've seen, no, no, I'll tell lie. I have seen the Melty versus Maysayer and Suzu Suzuki match. Um, well, let's talk about it, good sir. I mean, what is there to say? I mean, you take everything that we loved about the uh, Meltier, Sayakamatani and Azumi match, and you put it here where you've got such a disparity in between Maysayer's pace and speed and Suzu Suzuki's brutality. Like, everything was so much fun. You know, the chemistry between Melty, but also the growing chemistry between Maysera and Suzu Suzuki. And I'm almost sad that the chances are they are going to be broken up when they inevitably join factions. Because I think over the past couple of months, they've grown to have a really, really, really good chemistry. It's made me want to see Suzu Suzuki versus Tam for the red belt. Um, and obviously we are going to see that as um, a sort of a prelude match in uh, the five-star Grand Prix where I do think Suzu will beat Tam because uh, I do think they are hot on Suzu Suzuki and yes, she's had a little bit of a cold start being in basically throwaway and undercard tags but I feel like this five-star could be the breakout for Suzu and these little brief exchanges between Tam and Suzu absolutely fantastic and then you throw Natsupoy in there who I don't feel like we give enough credit to um, because she's so much more than high speed as I was talking about with the Izumi exchanges in the previous show um, here and again against Starlight Kid on the uh, on the first night of the five star she showed that she can wrestle a main event style match her match against Chihiro Hashimoto from, uh, from Sandai Girls I thought that was another example of Natsupoy showing that she can go in any sort of match and I still stand by the fact that she has one of the best German suplexes because there's no way a, a lady of that stature should be able to launch people three times her size over her head with the ease that she does um, but overall this is another one that's an absolute must see it's probably just a notch below the Izumi and Saya Kamatani tag match but literally by a whisker definitely go out of your way to see this one as well, Matt. 
Yeah, I kind of want to back up on something you said that uh, you think they're going to break up Suzu and May Sarah once they join factions. I know, obviously, because you were away and writing 84 books and insanely super busy. Yeah, um, on the one you probably get a chance to see it, but uh, on the one show they did Julia, May Sakurai, and Tecla versus Micah, Suzu, and May Sarah. So again, that's kind of teasing like that. Micah's having her own faction. But at the end, they kind of tease that uh, Micah's going to help bring over Suzu Suzuki and May Sarah over to Donald Del Mundo. And if anybody knows about joining, uh, having one faction as a giant supergroup, it's Donald Del Mundo. Again, a year and a half ago, we had Julia, uh, Mirai, Shuri, Tekla, May Sakurai, Micah, and Himika. So there might be a chance that sometime going into the fall, Rob, Donald Del Mundo may look like Julia, Tekla, uh, May Sakurai, Micah, Suzu Suzuki, and May Sarah. That's kind of what they teased on this one show, buddy. So there is a possibility that the, the two of them may stay a tag team and they might be part of Donald Del Mundo. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I would be extremely happy about that. And maybe I'm just looking, you know, we, the uh, the old adage is don't never judge a book by its cover. But because they are so different in both style and in look, I just don't see them in the same faction. But I think that might just be me. Um, but even so, a fantastic match. And, you know, I feel like Mace Ayer has sort of been a little bit of a victim of being sort of shuffled towards the bottom of the card, despite how good she is. And despite everyone assuming that she was going to be the one to dethrone Azumi on that mammoth 400-plus day reign with a high-speed title. Hopefully, whatever happens, whether she stays with Suzu Suzuki, whether she makes out on her own, whether whatever she does, I just hope that she uh, she's able to reach that point again because I feel like after getting rid of that ring rust, having not wrestled for 18 months or whatever it was before her return, um, I think she's gone from strength to strength. And Suzu Suzuki, again, I... I'm not going to say I'm going to put my house on it because I am notoriously poor at predictions. <laughs> um, but I'd be very surprised if Suzu isn't one of Tam's losses in the five-star and goes on to have a red belt match because, let's be perfectly honest, that would slap and everyone would love it. Um, in terms of every, anything else on the card, Matt, would you like to talk about anything else in particular or shall we go ahead to the next show? No, I just want to say that uh, I agree with you. This match, I gave it four and a quarter stars as well, but I like the Azumi Saya match just a little bit better. But yes, again, if you have not seen, um, you know, majority of these shows or any of these matches, definitely go out of your way to see the two Meltier tag matches because this one was fantastic. But yes, sir, I am ready when you are for the show on the 20th. Let's do this then. So start of May Mori, two days in Hachinohi. Hachinohi. God bless you. God bless you. Hashinoe. It's still an Amori. Uh, from the 20th of July, 2023, from Amori, Japan, in the U-Tree first floor multi-purpose big hall in front of 392 people. Um, the results are as follows. The Iweratai team of Ruwaka and Starlight Kid defeated Hanako and Suzu Suzuki in 7 minutes and 24 seconds, with Ruwaka getting the pin with the freezer bomb. Um, we also had Rose Gold, Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa defeating the Stars team of Momokogo 
and Sayaida in 8 minutes and 37 seconds. Mariah May getting the pinfall over Momo Kogo with the happily ever after. Um, we had the God's Eye team of the New Eras, Amisori and Mirai, defeating the Oeratai team of Momo Watanabe and Natsugatora via disqualification in 11 minutes and 2 seconds, which I don't mind, to be fair, if it's if it's not all the time. It's just when it is all the damn time. Um, uh, we then had a four-way high-speed battle with Kagame defeating Azumi, Meisera, and Tekla in 6 minutes and 34 seconds, getting the victory over Tekla with the schoolboy. Um, we then had a six-woman tag team match, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julian, Micah, and Mei Sakurai, defeating the Queen's Quest team of Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, and... Um, Lady C, with Micah getting the pin with the aforementioned Embu Goho in 10 minutes and 13 seconds. And then in our main event, Hanan Hazuki and Mayu Iwatani defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi and Tamnakano and the Cosmic Angels want to be, I think that's fair, maybe, um, with um, the Diving Sent on Hazuki getting the pin in 15 minutes and 59 seconds over Yuna Mizumori. Uh, Matt, I know the chances are you are going to want to talk about that main event tag match simply because I know how much you love that team of Mayu, Hazuki and Hanan. But what else should people be looking to check out from this show? The whole show, the whole show was solid. But it, you did mention about the DQ. I think Tora gets DQ'd in every match here, so it's just like okay, they probably don't want her to eat any elves going into the five star. Because I think, and we mentioned it last week on our preview, that going into the final night, that she's going to be one of the block leaders. So I see what they're doing there, but it's kind of robbing like really good matches. Like again, you have Momo and uh, Tora here versus the New Eras, and like just as the match is getting going, and the New Eras are really starting to come back on their comeback. Tora's like, no, no, you don't. I'm just going to start hitting you with weapons. Um, but I, I, I get it. But I'm like, oh, man. Um, the four-way speed, uh, the four-way high-speed match was really, really good. Uh, the co-main event was uh, was solid as well. If you're going to see two matches on the show, definitely do the Queen's Quest versus Donald Del Mundo co-main event. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about this main event. Obviously, you know, we talked about how much we're enjoying Yuna Mizumori and uh, how much she's improved over the past few months. And obviously she's teaming with the MVPs of this tour, Tam and Natsupoi, and they're taking on Mayu Han and Hazuki, three wrestlers that we absolutely love, despite the theme change to both Hanan and Hazuki. But we realize they're so good in the ring that we will forgive them. But however, we will not forget, especially Hanan's. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really, really good. I was a big fan of that. Uh, the Stars team, they brought back from time to time, and they've been doing it, the uh, the Freedom Rocket Launcher. Whenever they're setting it up, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy, here it goes. It's, it never hits as hard as it does on Chelsea Green, and maybe it never should. Oh, God. It's like every time I see him, see him set it up, and it's always a different pairing. It's always, obviously, the three dumb, the original one was uh, EO and Kyrie launching Mayu into uh, poor Mrs. Matt Cardona. <laughs> but, uh, I always get flashbacks to that, but this one. Uh, this one was pretty good. This one uh, hits hits Yuna right in the chest, and then Hazuki hits the top rope sent on. But um, Hazuki and Yuna Mizumori, to the shock of absolutely no one, they beat the crap out of each other here. Yuna with her forearms and her lariats, and Hazuki with her entire body because she's Hazuki. <laughs> no days off Hazuki. I've told you, she's got this five-star <laughs> tournament that she's got where she's going to be wrestling in brutal 15-minute <laughs> matches. But no, 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 no. It's a six-woman tag main event that doesn't really have any wider stipulation. doesn't matter. I am Hazuki. I have no days off. 
Yeah, and uh, one thing too, after I watched, I think it was the second or third uh, match from this show, is I put something out on Twitter. And I think this is one of the reasons why we're such a good podcast, Rob, is we see things in wrestling that not anybody else really does. And the thing that I notice is Suzuki's tan game is five-star level, pun intended, and it's almost on Julia level. And who won the five-star last year, Rob? Wow. Okay. This is this uh-huh. is certainly an interesting uh, conspiracy theory. <laughs> I like it. So there it is, folks. The tan game is so important in wrestling, let me tell you. But obviously, Hazuki looks like a million blocks. She's so violent here. I liked, I, I'm a big fan of when Hazuki and Mayu in these multi-person matches, they do their double suicide dive. Again, Mayu has one of the best suicide dives I've ever seen in wrestling, and Hazuki's is really, really good as well. But for the, again, it, it, like as a wrestler, it boggles my mind that they hit the ropes at the same time and they come and they hit like double clean dives. But maybe just because I'm very uncoordinated and nowhere near as athletic as any of these wrestlers in stardom on uh, my best day and their worst. But like the fact they're hitting the ropes with that speed and they're not ricocheting the ropes off each other, just it, it, it boggles my mind. But they go for it the first time and Yuna cuts it off. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They had Yuna cut off that big dive, not Tam, not Natsupoy, not a melt here. It was cool that they gave Yuna that spot to get her stuff over. I thought that was really cool. Then eventually they build up to it and they hit it. Um, obviously the stuff with um, with Mayu and Natsupoy is great. And Mayu and Tam, they have that unfinished business, which we will see their match in the five-star, probably go to a time limit draw. But regardless, we haven't seen a singles match with the two of them. Uh, Han in here was great. Um, like she comes in for the comeback and just judo throws everybody. You know, she's judo throwing Yuna. You're judo throwing Natsupoy. You're just making your way to the top of the card. You're really getting one or two up on the world of stardom champion in Tam at just 18 years old. I really liked how they highlighted Hanan in that spot. But again, the finish was a pretty safe freedom rocket launcher. I guess as safe as you get. And then Hizuki hits the senton on Yuna. Uh, this was the match of the show for me. I had this one at four stars, Rob. Yeah, it was certainly the one that stands out on this card. Again, the card is absolutely fine. The card is actually good, but this main event, if you are short of time in your uh, in your desperate desire to get to the five-star, that is the match you absolutely need to see because I feel like the the chemistry, especially between Han and Hazuki and Mayu, is unparalleled in stars at the moment. Um, and that's not that's no disrespect to the likes of Kagama, who, of course, you know, they challenged for the trios or the artist of stardom title not long ago. I still feel like Hannon's chemistry with the likes of Hazuki and Mayu is better um, or stronger, shall I say, not better because Kagama is still great. Um, and again, Yuna Mizumori doing wonders for herself. Um, I think she's looking better and better and better. Almost a completely different wrestler than we saw um, who debuted back in New Blood, if you remember, Matt, with uh, lots of uh, pineapples and things like that, which is fine. That's, I'm not saying that's bad, but you look at that Yuna Mizumori, and I'm not just talking looks, you look at Yuna Mizumori now, she wrestles in a completely different way. She wrestles um, in a lot more of a different style and is relying less and less and less and less on comedy and i'm not saying she shouldn't bring out that comedy at certain times depending on your opponent but it's nice to see that she has got this very strong other side of her game that she can go to as well and hopefully once we you know 
navigate the murky waters of how she's going to join Cosmic Angels. And once she actually does join Cosmic Angels, um, we'll see a little bit of a push for her because I think she's uh, she's done tremendous work on these undercards of these uh, on these Road Two shows. And thank God for that, Rob, because that's what Stardom needs. They need more fantastic wrestlers on this roster. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And <laughs> um, we move on then to the final show before the Five Star Grand Prix, and that was Stardom in Sendai from Sendai Pit in Miyagi, Japan, from the twenty-first of July, twenty twenty-three, in front of three hundred and fifty-seven people um the card is as follows we had momo kogo getting a victory over lady c and yuna mizumori pinning yuna mizumori with a la magistral um the god's eye team of amisori and marai the new eras defeated the awedatai team of momo watanabe and starlight kid by disqualification in 10 minutes and 51 seconds not the only time we're going to say that about Oweratai. Um the Queen's Quest team of Azumi Miyu Amasaki and Saya Kamatani defeated the Stars team of Hanan, Mayu Iwatani and Sayarida with guess who eating the pinfall um, <laughs> Sayarida eating a diving double foot stomp from Azumi in 10 minutes and 4 seconds um, the next match saw a tag team match with Hazuki and Kagame FWC defeating the Uedatai team of Natsukatora and Ruaka uh, BMI 2000 via disqualification in less than 7 minutes 6 minutes and 38 seconds to be precise um, we then had Mei Hosh uh, Mei Seira not Mei Hoshuki uh, Mei Seira <laughs> Suzu Suzuki and Micah defeating the Barry Barry Bombers team or the Donna Del Mondo team of Mei Sakurai Tekla and Julia with Suzu Suzuki getting the pinfall over Mei Sakurai in 9 minutes and 57 seconds with a tequila shot and then in your main event we had the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi Tamnakano and Sior defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa and Hanako with Sioriyanu getting the pin over Hanako with the Fisherman Suplex in 12 minutes and 26 seconds. First things first, Matt. Main event, Hanako. How do you think she did? Well, I, I, I hate correcting you, sir, but you said the Cosmic Angels team versus the Cosmic Angels team. So it, w- well, it was only one Cosmic Angels team. And the uh, the finish of the match was not the Fisherman Suplex. It was the Temperate Tander, which is like the flipping neckbreaker thing that Ami Sorry does. So uh, I apologize. So- Sorry, my friend. Hey, hey, we're a team, my friend. That's what happens. One of us, when one of us, you know, misses something, the other one comes back with a Tamna kind of like spin kick. Um, I thought Hanako was pretty good here. Uh, uh, Sorry, and knew her chemistry with her. There was a couple things that were just a little bit off, like their timing was a little bit off. But Sorry, Anu did a great job covering up for the little mistakes. Hanako is a rookie. It's you know, it's gonna happen. And maybe Sorry, knew maybe may have went a half a step too fast. But just goes to show just the uh, you know the veteran and how great Sorinu is that anything that got a little hiccup, which there was a couple back to back, that can kind of derail the match almost like the domino effect. But Sorinu was able to stay everything on on uh, keep on the course. So I thought that was good. Um, again, Tam Natsupoy, uh teaming with anybody, it's they were the MVPs of this tour of this tour, and uh, this wasn't the best match of the tour. But Rob, it had maybe the greatest move. Maybe ever in wrestling. Now, have you seen this match yet, good sir? I have not. 
it's not now. It's not a must. Uh, it's not a must see. It was. It was good. The best match of the show was the co-main event with the uh, uh, Micah Mace Aaron Suzu versus Julian Maysack Ryan Tekla. If you're going to watch one match from the show, watch this one. Uh, watch that one. But again, this main event was really good. Now, Rob, you know I love the Meltier handholding dive. I have never in my two almost two years of doing the show, I have never circled something and highlighted so much and had a note saying you must talk about this on the podcast. So they go for the hand-holding dive on the outside. Now, Hanako, Mariah May, and Mina are all on the outside. But when they go, instead of climbing in the middle of the ropes, when they do the hand-holding dive, they climb on the corners. And so uh, is facing out. Tam's facing out. Soria New is on the turnbuckle, and she's facing into the ring. I, I apologize. Hanako's in the ring. Uh, so Mina and Mariah May on the outside. So, again, so you have... Um, again, you're going to have Tam looking on the outside, not Sapoy looking on the outside on the corners, but on the actual turnbuckle, Soria New looking inside of the ring. They do a three way hand holding dive with Meltier doing the dive to the outside and Soria New hitting a picture perfect high cross body into the middle of the ring. And I was like, oh man, you just taken the greatest move in wrestling and you just improved on it. Bravo, Cosmic Angels. <laughs> Bravo. It worries me at times just how into this hand-holding dive you are because i think you might be more into it than cosmic angels <laughs> that's not so that i did i did put a tweet up yesterday it was my wife's birthday i put a nice picture from my best friend's wedding uh to you know i am we're all dressed up nice but happy birthday to my beautiful bride thank you for supporting me and tolerating my love for the melter hand-holding dive and Hazuki's vi- <laughs> and, and and Hazuki's violence. So. <laughs> I th- to be fair, both of those things, well, maybe not the hand-holding dive. I feel like everyone that watches Stardom has got a love for uh, Hazuki's violence. It just it adds to her character. Um, all in all, but four really, really good shows. Again, we I know a lot of that is kind of tough to digest. Everybody in Stardom is fantastic. But we kind of just highlighted the matches that you definitely need to go out of your way and see. Yeah, absolutely. We've we've sort of fired through that simply because we've got that much to talk about. Um, And obviously the main event is what we're going to be kicking into now, and that is the Five Star Grand Prix 2023, the first night out towards City Gym from Sunday the 23rd of July 2023 in front of a reported attendance of 1,747 people. Now, this is now up on Stardom World, so... If you haven't been able to see it yet, if you couldn't afford the pay-per-view, if you didn't want to fork out for the pay-per-view, it is now on Stardom World, and you can check it out. Uh, that attendance I mentioned, that 1,747, I believe is the company's highest at O Towards City Gym, and it's also the second largest five-star gate in company history behind the 2,000-odd of last year's final. Um, uh, before we kick into anything, though, that opening ceremony, that opening ceremony was absolutely fantastic the greatest introductory package the company has ever done executed in this beautifully outstanding cinematic way you had these effectively what were bed sheets around the ring and they were projecting <laughs> to each Sorry, side of right. it <laughs> projecting to each side of it so you had a video package of sort of going through the history of the five star um getting in more depth obviously when we get to 2020 onwards and then we had an introduction of everyone from the block still in the dark with these sort of these big squares 
screams around the ring and then the the screens or sheets dropped and all of the competitors were in the ring it just looked really really cool it felt huge it felt massive and then they all went to the stage and sort of posed and looked incredibly cool we also got our first look of uh, starlight kids uh, new look which uh, we'll be talking about later um but matt what did you think about this entire opening ceremony it's certainly for me built on the pomp and circumstance of this tournament i thought it was fantastic i like last year's a little bit more because he had like i think some of the everybody was dressed like i think queen's quest was dressed in like kimonos and so was i think stars and then a wedo tie kind of had their own everybody all the factions kind of had their own theme but I like Latches just a little bit more. Uh, but this one is fantastic. And if you have not seen it, yes, it is on Stardom World. Uh, if you did not fork out the money for the pay-per-view, I completely understand. However, it was well worth the money. But now it's on Stardom World for eight, about $8. Not only that, but the opening ceremonies, Rob, is actually available on their YouTube channel. So uh, if you if you just want to just kind of take a quick look just to see what the opening ceremonies was, I think it was like 15, 16 minutes but yeah, I thought it was really cool how they were showing all the past winners. So you had, you know, the tribute to you had Yuzuki Ayakawa and their EO, Kyrie, uh, the late great Hana Kimura, always great when she shows up on my screen, always puts a smile on my face. But yeah, and then you see the sheets drop and everybody was in there except for Yutami. And I, I'm not going to lie, buddy. I got a little nervous. I know, uh, I mean, I know Scotty Wrestling, he watches these lives and I DM'd him like, um, we hear anything about you, Tommy, like stuck in the U.S. or like I know she was training with Natty Nightheart and spending time with Io Shirai. It's like, is her contract out? Like, I'm starting to panic. And, and Scott was it, dead on the money. It was like, if you, Tommy, wasn't going to be there, they would have. Stardom's not the type of person to hide like an injury. If something was to happen, like example, Kyrie Lashley when she had COVID and she was out of the match with uh, Sayakamatani, they told us right away there's gonna be a replacement. I was a little nervous that uh yutami wasn't there and then even in her match which we'll get to that uh it seemed like her theme music at least for me played on forever i'm like oh my god when's she coming out but i was obviously relieved and i understand why she wasn't there but yeah this was really cool i really liked too how um after they did the whole package right before the uh as you call them the bed sheets dropped <laughs> it's a big bed sheets brother but uh the projection was really cool it was like yeah it was very cinematic but they showed like the blue star and the red star like racing all over earth and was like who is going to be the top star is going to be the blue star or the red star i thought that was really cool but yeah it wasn't just star like kid that had a new look it was like half the roster did and i thought everybody looked fantastic and uh man i can't wait to get into talking about the show but yeah they do a great job on these opening ceremonies even the triangle derby with like everybody behind like the glass fixtures wherever it was really really cool like stardom has upped their production game so much over the last few years and it really goes to show why this is, you know, uh, financially one of the best, in my opinion, wrestling-wise and story-wise, the best wrestling company on the planet. But kudos. Kudos to uh, whoever put that together because that was great. Yeah, I absolutely love the fact that uh, they properly played into this Utami US tour angle. Um really, really. Because it was, it was like there was bits of it throughout the show, whether it be her not being at the... Uh, the introductions or whether it being her coming out late to face Mina or whether it be what happens at the end of the show. I just, I, I thought that was really cool how they are proper leaning into it. Um, we did have a pre-show gauntlet six woman tag team match that did air for free on YouTube that you can go and find now at their YouTube channel um, with Mei Sakurai, Mei Sayer and Tekla defeating Hanako, Saki, Kashima and Yuna Mizumori. Uh, the stars team of Kogama, Momokogo and Saeeda 
and the Queen's Quest team of Hina, Lady C, and Mio Amasaki in a shade under 10 minutes. Um, we kicked straight into the five-star Grand Prix itself, though, with a blue block match. Uh, Micah moving to two points, defeating Hannon. Uh, with the Michinoku Driver 2 in 3 minutes and 50 seconds. Now, don't let that runtime fool you. Those people who are saying, oh, Hannon's being buried. No, 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 no. This was an incredible amount of fun. I love the explosive start from Hannon. And to be honest, it's only really stopped because of her inexperience and Micah's, you know, higher in-ring IQ at the moment. Basically, she tries to blitz Micah with just a whole series of moves to try and negate Micah's substantial power game. Ultimately, though, she can't she can't keep it up and Micah's power wins through. I did like the fact that we've got a couple more a couple more moves from Hannon there. She was adopting that Okada style corkscrew forearm, which I quite liked. And again, there was other there was other wrestlers who uh, incorporated different moves into their arsenal. But I did like the I did like that for Hannon. I think it works, especially with that sort of explosive adrenaline fueled opening we had. Um, I thought, despite its incredibly short runtime in the grand scheme of things, it's a fantastic opening show for uh, for the young lioness. Yeah, I thought this was great. I mean, I was just getting ready, you know, to uh, start taking down my notes. And next thing I know, Micah was on the ground. I was like, what happened? And then I, you know, I went back and I, majority of these matches, I went back and rewatched as busy as I am. I just wanted to see this show again. But I saw Hannon's was like, I'm going to dropkick Micah. As she does her fancy fan uh, entrance. And then she hits a dive. And the one thing I've been noticing about Hannah these past like two or three months is the way she uses chain wrestling to get into holds. Nobody else in stardom really uses chain wrestling to get in the holds. What I mean is like the British style, the European style, like the Johnny State, Johnny Saint, Steve Gray, you know, chain wrestling where you do one thing into another. So Hannah hits the drop kick. She hits a dive. She gets Micah in the ring. She goes for the Iron Cross Northern Light Suplex, which is basically a knuckle lock. And then you power them up for Northern Light Suplex, which Hannah's been doing for quite a bit. And then Micah blocks it. Like, no, no, not yet. But so I figure, okay, this is where Micah's going to make her comeback. Well, Hanan gets control of Micah's wrist and then just chain wrestles around her like once or twice, like around the world, and then gets back to the double knuckle lock and hits the Northern Lights. And I thought that was something so small, but it was so cool. And then Micah tries to get the advantage. She goes for the Michinoku driver. Um, not too long after that, Hanan's able to counter with a judo throw. She's using all this momentum, and then she basically just gets hit with a giant 360 Larry. And then Micah's like, all right, enough of this. Let's take this one home. It hits the Mijinoko driver. Yeah, for how quick this was, I thought this was great. Um, I actually gave it all these matches shocking to absolutely nobody, Rob. I had a very high rating on. I absolutely loved this match. Uh, great way to start the five star out. I had this at three and three fourth stars. Wow, very high indeed. And again, this match went under four minutes. But uh, again, all these matches, I don't think we actually mentioned this last time. We might have done during our primer, but uh, all these matches, of course, have 15 minute time limits. So the matches are inherently shorter. So um yeah four minutes i gave it three and a quarter i thought it was absolutely fantastic explosive opening and really sort of introduced those who haven't watched the five-star grand prix before really introduced them to uh the increased speed of these 15 minute time limit matches um we followed this with another blue block match uh, mariah may moving to two points by defeating azumi with the happily ever after in six minutes and 51 seconds. Um, the Mariah May discourse has sort of made its way online. Again, I'm not entirely sure how, um, but I feel like 
the last couple of months especially her teaming with Mina as Rose Golden you know this match on its own against Azumi I feel like has put a lot of doubters in their place of Mariah being able to wrestle the uh, the Japanese style um, I don't know whether it's because um, she's she sort of knows that she's very good looking and sort of uses that in matches but I don't find that to be a reasonable enough reason to say that she shouldn't be on the roster when you consider that is literally Mina's entire gimmick and Tam's entire gimmick when you think about it. Um, and also, you know, there's, you know, she was, uh, Mariah's probably leaned into the uh, I'm the new foreign ace thing. And when you consider where Mariah May is now and you consider the absolute raft of Guy Kakujin talent, outside talent that has come in, into stardom this isn't a new thing they have been coming in since the very start of the company and you look at them and mariah may is better now than a lot of them like b wasn't as good at this point when she came into stardom Britt baker chelsea green um zaya brookside they all came in they progressed obviously because of working with really good wrestlers but i would argue that mariah has certainly progressed at a higher rate than a lot of the people that i've just listed and more and more um and again here i thought she had a really 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 good match with a very 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 good wrestler i mean for god's sake you think about that powerbomb spot where she goes for the it's sort of almost a i can't remember what you call it she cartwheels on the apron and sort of goes to powerbomb azumi from the apron to the floor and whether it's because Azumi holds onto the ropes too long or whether there was just a little bit of miscommunication, there was a moment where there could have been a very, very, very scary bump. But rather than panic, Mariah May is able to hold on to Azumi, muscle her back up, and then hit the powerbomb. I don't think she'd have been able to do that, whether it be thinking on her feet or whether it be in-ring IQ or whatever. I'm not sure she'd have been able to do that three, four months ago. However, the progression in her in ring has been phenomenal to the point where, you know, things go wrong and not only is she covering them, it actually made her look better. Um, and then there was that closing sequence. That closing sequence is fantastic. The Mystica into the Happily Ever After Tombstone is one of those combinations that just works. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Okay, it's like Kawada and Misawa. It just works it was so seamlessly done i thought it worked tremendously it is difficult to wrestle someone of azumi's pacing and i thought mariah did an absolutely fantastic job she has every right to claim that she's the new foreign ace in stardom because i personally think you think that you know b had that claim before she left um top gaijin i believe was her nickname but i would argue that mariah may is on the cusp of eclipsing b and ring but that might just be me. Anyway, I gave it three and a half stars. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Rob, you talked about peanut butter and jelly, Masawa, Kawada. Don't forget about Goodwin and Turner, my friend. Anyway, um, <laughs> you talked about Mariah May saving the powerbomb. The most important thing she did is she protected Azumi. Uh, again, sometimes things go awry in wrestling and whatnot, but the most important thing is when she got her up, she made sure that she protected Azumi. And yeah, again, it, it might have been just because of like the the height differential. I don't know. Again, sometimes, and you have to understand, folks, that injury. And we're obviously going to talk about it in the main event. Injuries ha can happen anytime in wrestling, and the fact that what wrestlers do 
and what they sacrifice for our entertainment is absolutely insane. And the fact that you talked earlier about the discourse on Mariah May, nobody should be like talking any negative about any wrestler for all that they put out for our entertainment. I know Rob, me and you were texting last week, I think before your trip, we we're just talking about like how negative like uh, Twitter can be and social media can be. And I, I know me and you do a great job like deflecting all that and just, you know, trying to put out just to be positive in every day of our lives and put out a positive product. But Mariah May was fantastic here. I think that uh, as much as she's been improving the past three or four months, especially in her team with Mina, I think this was her best performance. Azumi's Azumi. I mean, she's just on a completely another level. Um, I was shocked with the, uh, the, the, the finish here, but the night one of the five stars always going to give you a couple matches that you're not sure which way they're going to go, which just adds to it. But yeah, it was a really great finish. She goes for the La Mystica. And I was like, well, yeah, you're putting yourself in position for Mariah May's finish. How did we not see that, Rob? But uh, of course, we both got this one wrong fantastic match again azumi's great mariah may able to keep up with the azumi's pacing on a lot of the high speed stuff i thought just added to this match again i rate a lot of matches higher than most people because i kind of understand what all goes into a match between the preparation and the gym the tanning uh if you go that way and whatnot uh, yes i like this match a little bit more than you good sir I actually gave this one four stars. And I'm sure I'm going to get uh, a little bit of heat for comparing Mariah May and B. Priestley, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> so, Both fantastic wrestlers, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> at no point did I say B was bad. It's just that I think that at this point, Mariah May is on course to eclipse B. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Which, uh, you know, considering B had a red belt reign, you know, I don't think Mariah May is on course for a red belt reign. Um, But I'd certainly... I certainly wouldn't be opposed to her having a shot. Certainly not. Um, let's move on then to uh, the first red block match of the night, which saw Nats Katora defeating Amisori with the Swanton Bomb in 4 minutes and 48 seconds. Um, that new Tora Samurai-inspired entrance gear is uh, pretty darn tasty, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, she looked like a cross of like 90s Muda, uh, with a little bit of, I don't know, maybe Kagetsu. Um, and obviously this match, there was a little bit of Kagetsu in there. But 
I said that about two weeks ago, I think Tori's going to have an absolute fantastic five-star. I think she's going to come out of this back into the main event scene, which is where she was before her injury. It was a main event red belt match that she got injured. And I think this just proves it. She just comes out and you're just like, all right. Like, even if the match was just like mid-level, which it wasn't, I thought these two gave a great performance. Like, just on that entrance alone in that gear, I thought she might have had the best new gear or the best entrance really of any wrestler just like okay this person is an absolute badass before they even take off like the muda vader s type gear she just looked like someone that is not to be reckoned with and somebody that is going to take this block over by storm yeah she looked fantastic yeah absolutely and then you talk about kagetsu with the inspiration behind the uh the shredder gear um and then we saw even more with the mist um so there are lots and lots of little kagetsu inspirations throughout this i thought you know for what it was for a sub five minute match i thought it did what it needed to do it established natsukatora as a dominant force it gave amisori those little hope spots i think a lariat to connecting far better especially that somersault one um but the uh the ref bump i feel like is probably going to be uh something of something of a consistent thing in Tora's matches if uh, the lead up to this show and uh, how we got to the missed spot on the um, Death Valley bomb as well. I feel like it's probably going to be consistent in all the matches, but nevertheless, it did what he needed to do. Tora looked strong, and as we both said in our primer, Tora is one of those that we can see at least having a very, very good start to the tournament. Um, But I gave it three stars. It did its job. It was good. It was solid probably not one you need to go out your way to see though yeah um again rob i don't mean to put you on the spot has tor ever done the mist before or is this something new for her i i think she might have done but it's certainly not been in her arsenal as of late uh, i was just wondering now i rated this match a little bit much higher than you actually i gave it three and three four stars just based on the fact that um the cheating was by blinding the ref. Very much like Kagetsu. When Kagetsu would use the mist, she was perfect how she would blind the ref, she'd pull the ref, or she would do what Tora did here, or they would have, you know, Hazuki or whoever was on the outside, you know, make sure the ref doesn't see it. Again, I don't mind cheating in wrestling as long as it's not done in front of the ref. This was brilliant. So she hits the mist. She hits the Death Valley bomb. I'm like, okay, that's the finish. Then Ami kicks out. And then she hits the sit-out Death Valley driver, which was uh, Kigetsu's basically lead up into the 450. But instead of doing the 450, she does the Swanton. So I think I rated just a little bit higher based on Ami getting that kick out, the miss, the blinding of the ref, and then the little uh, tip of the cap to former Oedo Tai leader and former World of Stardom champion, one Kigetsu. So I thought that's, uh, this was really good. And uh, hey, Rob, we got one right. <laughs> We did get one right. I mean, I don't know. One of only three. <laughs> no, I, I, hey, I got Mariah May right as well. I'll have you oh, know. That's right. Um. So you, so you got two out of the first three right, and then only got one out of the next seven. Or mate, eight. I thought. Mate, I was laughing. I was laughing at this point. This prediction game's easy. Um, <laughs> I knew there'd be a time limit draw on the show. Just attributed it to the wrong match. Um, what I will say about this, uh, this Swanton that Tori does, I don't know whether it's the angle of the camera, but it looks like she lands on um, Amisori properly high on her neck. Um, it looked it looked pretty gross, but even so, really good victory for Tora. Uh, we then move on to, for me, the first really, really good match 
like the first great match of what will be a run of really, really good matches. Uh, it was a Red Blood match and saw Natsupoi move to two points, defeating Starlight Kid uh, with a rolling cradle in seven minutes and 23 seconds, beginning my slump to just one correct guess in six matches. Um, we saw a new gear and a new haircut for Starlight Kid and also some uh, some new subtle moves, that pop-up elbow, which I'm a big big fan of but uh, most importantly what did we think of the new short head starlight kid i thought it was pretty cool it was something kind of adapting you don't have the ears anymore maybe a tribute to because of how many times julia has ripped those things off and maybe figured True. i can't maybe I, if i won't give one of those dangerous wrestlers in all of stardom and an advantage so a uh, different look I, I liked the look i thought it was cool and then we had another jump start we a lot of these matches had a jump start you had not to point come out you know, she's in her new gear that she debuted at the last pay-per-view. You figured you'd come in, not to point would come in with all the smiles. She'd do that little fancy flip thing, wearing all the gear and the baton, which I have no idea how she doesn't like slip or fall and blow out her knee. Maybe just because I have no athletics, no a non-athletic bone in me. But we didn't get that. Star that darn starlight kid robbed us of the fancy uh no-handed flip from Natsupoy. But uh this thing, yeah, even before the bell, <laughs> Starlight again, Starlight Kid jumps Natsupoy on the ramp with the drop and it just doesn't stop. I mean, this thing builds and builds and builds. Um, I liked how they uh, they tease a lot of the, you know, if you go back and watch their high-speed championship matches, especially the one that actually happened in the middle of the five-star two years ago where Starlight Kid beat Natsupoy for the high-speed championship. They do a lot of high-speed falsies. And there was one really cool spot where um, Natsupoy goes for the ferial blink and uh, Starlight Kid, she almost loses her is able to muster back up and then tries for the black tiger pile driver and then Natsupoy rolls through and they roll through back and forth and then uh Natsupoy does the Lamai Strah like Terry Funk style cradle of the Oklahoma roll where she's rolling, rolling, rolling. That doesn't get her. They kind of go back and forth. Starlight Kid eventually hits the eternal foe. You talked about that pop-up elbow. Um there was a German suplex on the apron early on because why not? Starlight Kid and Natsupoy. Yeah, of course it's got it, it's it has to happen. You know what I mean? That's like having a Hazuki match where she throws no strikes whatsoever. What universe are we in, Rob? Not one that I want to live in. Um, another one of Starlight Kid's moves that I've noticed and I'm a big fan of is when she does those double running shotgun knees to the opponent's back. Um, and, and I think the reason why she does it to the opponent's back because she can get a little bit more force and you're not worried about hitting you know them in the throat or the jaw or anything. The back is a little bit more of a safer area. But when she throws that, man, she just comes running at you and that your opponent looks like they're ready to be shotgunned into the third row. I think it's just one of the another fantastic moves Starlight Kid has. But uh, ultimately, it's the uh, rolling Lamai Straw Cradle the second time that gets the win. But yeah, as good as the first three matches are, it just starts getting bigger, better, and uh, I'm not going to say better, uh, bigger, bigger and better. Let's just settle on that from here. This was great. Another fantastic match in the series of Starlight Kid and Natsupoy in another match that Rob and I were predicted wrong. But that's okay because the match was good enough. I actually had it at four and a quarter stars. Yeah, four stars from me. Um, I liked the integration of the more the more main event style, if you will, that both are trying to integrate more of. It wasn't just relying on uh, on the high-speed stuff that we expect from them. They are trying to sort of tell stories and things and sort of 
integrate, like I say, those big hard-hitting moves. Obviously, we had the Poi uh, German suplex on the apron, which was brutal. Um, those double knees from Starlight Kid always look so impactful, and it's because, <laughs> I, I think it's because she does them so quickly, the opponent never seems to have time to set themselves, so it always has just that little modicum of danger. Um, but yeah, Starlight Kid looked like an absolute million bucks during this match. Um even if she did come out of it on the losing end. All in all, a really, really good sub eight-minute match. You need to go out of your way to go and see. And literally every match from here just takes it to another level. Um, and speaking of which, the next match, match five, blue block match, Utami Hayashishita does make it on time. She makes it to two points, in fact, defeating Mina Shirakawa with the move dubbed the Shocking Baszler um, in 12 minutes and 48 48 seconds. Um, the move she finishes Mina with apparently was bequeathed upon her by uh, by one Shayna Baszler, stardom alum Shayna Baszler, who, of course, obviously, we know now in WWE Raw. Um, I thought this match was fantastic. Excellent targeting of the neck by Mina, made even better by Utami's selling of it. Um, did you notice, man, it might just be me, um, did you notice a difference in the way Utami was playing to the crowd because for me she seemed far more open and far more far more what's the word I'm looking for far more excited about getting the crowd reactions we know how good Utami is we know how much of a star she is but for me it just seemed like there was a little bit more crowd interaction here you know where they do that a lot Rob in America that was going to be my next question uh-huh yeah i think that obviously they she knows how to play to the crowd but she added more onto it and i think a lot of that might have came when she was maybe hanging out over at nxt you know maybe side over there obviously she was crazy over in the well, four matches i didn't get a chance to see the ring of honor match that she had over here in the states obviously i was lucky enough to go to the one in new york city where everybody was just deafening uh, just how how over she was and just how lovable she was at that meet and greet which we talked about i last week's show um but yeah that might have been something where eo kind of maybe took her aside and was like this may be something small a little wrinkle into your game that you're doing good but you can do better we always can do better at anything that we do and you have somebody that is the leader of queen's quest now talking to the uh the person that uh, created queen's quest and again in my opinion the greatest women's wrestler of all time wrestling for the biggest wrestling company in the world she might have taken her aside and said, even you know, with the training with Natty Neidhart, somebody who's all obviously great at working the crowd, saying you're obviously you're great at all these things. You're really good at working the crowd. Let's add a little bit more to it, considering the fact that the crowds are getting bigger. You know, we mentioned before, seventeen hundred people uh, here. Uh, these these crowds are just on these bigger shows are just going to keep getting bigger. But I think it, she's going to be taking her time a little bit more and maybe focusing a little bit more on crowd psychology, um, which is just going to add to the game that is Utami. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, sir. You tell me back to uh, 2019, 2020 gear. Um, are you do you in, do you uh, are you a fan of that, Rob? Are you or did you think that because she wasn't there at the opening ceremony, she would have a completely different look? Where do you stand on you, Tommy's throwback gear look? I like it. I I was always a big fan of the red and black of you, Tommy. Um, it just it seems. I don't think classy is the word, but for me, it's it's quintessential Utami. Don't get me wrong; I thought the golden, um, red look was very was very good. Was really really, you know, it stood out. But you know, 
what is Utami ultimately trying to do? She's trying to regain that championship. So what better way to start that physical transformation than reverting to the gear and the style of the woman you were when you won that title back in 2021? Uh, 2020, sorry. So I think it makes perfect sense. Um, I think she looked fantastic here. Um I love the fact that Stardom are weaving her tour into the narrative of this tournament. Obviously, we had the new finisher and what happened later on. The fact she was late, in inverted commas. Um, overall, I think this was a fantastic match. Mina's obviously not going to get as many plaudits because she lost. But uh, overall, a really, really, really entertaining match. And um, again, it, I thought, and obviously, again, Utami, fantastic. But Mina here... I felt showcased her improvement. Like, you look at last year's five-star, especially the start of the five-star. If you compare the start of the five-star 2022 to where she is now, it's chalk and cheese. She's a completely different competitor. Um, and it just all works so well. Everything she did, she targeted the neck of Yutami. Yutami's selling was brilliant, as we know it is um, overall. I thought it was fantastic. I did really enjoy as well. You talked about Utami's red and black gear. I did enjoy that periodically we'd just get random bits of uh, hair escaping from uh, from the extensions of Utami and occasionally they'd just float in front of the hard cam. Really enjoyed that. What, really tickled me. What, what are you trying to say, Rob, that from the time that I met Utami to eight days later, she didn't grow that hair out like Kurt Angle? when he got his head shaved and then came out with what was not a wig. He even said he grew it out just extra, just for kicks. You're telling me you, Tommy, didn't take some uh, Simpsons hair tonic in eight days and grow her hair out? Is that, <laughs> we, is that allegedly? Is that what you're trying to say here, buddy? <laughs> all of the allegedly's. All of the allegedly's. If you, um, hey, kayfabe, kayfabe, <laughs> am I right? Um, uh, we move on then to another blue block what match. Was- what was your uh, star rating, brother? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I'd give it to you. Four and a quarter. Loved it. I had, yeah, I had a four and a quarter as well. You basically, uh, that DDT that Utami, or that uh, Mina did to Utami to stop her early onslaught off the ramp, the tornado DDT was great. And Mina's strikes were fantastic as always. And the way that Utami sold them, and the way that Utami got out of the uh, the figure four driver at the last possible second, I thought, oh man, Mina's going to finish her off here with this because it didn't look like Utami was struggling to get out. And the way that she got out the last possible second was a great way to hide the tricks of the trade of this match. But yeah, fantastic match, four and a quarter stars. I agree with you, good sir. Yeah, it's interesting actually because Mina did unload absolutely all of her arsenal at Utami. She had twice, co- sometimes, sometimes twice. Yeah, absolutely. And the only <laughs> thing she didn't get away was uh, the figure four driver Mina. So maybe that's a story we tell later on um, down the line. Um, I did really love as well the transition out of the torture wrap bomb into the DDT from me, and I thought that was fantastic. Really, really good work from her. Um, we move on then to another blue ball match, Momo Watanabe moving to two points, defeating Mirai, the uh, Wonder of Stardom champion with the Peach Thunder in nine minutes and 36 seconds. This, for lack of a better phrase, was just a beefy, beefy brawl, and I am all here for it, Matt. Yeah, this is exactly what you expect it would be. This is Momo Watanabe, like Queen's Quest Momo Watanabe, sprinkled in with some of the heel stuff of a way to tie. It's how she got the early advantage. And we got some kicks and forearms back and forth. We got some fantastic 
lariats, uh, the way that Momo uses the uh, Samato, also known as the Meteor, uh, and how she counters big moves into it, uh, it just blows my mind uh, just how athletic she is. And I think she's underrated as being one of the more athletic wrestlers in stardom. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Momo Watanabe. Um, I love her uh, Wonder of Stardom championship run that she had back in uh, two th- started in 2018. Um, did not see this one going this way. I thought that with Mirai just you know coming off the the back to back Cinderella wins, coming off that match of the year candidate, beating Tam Nakano uh, for the Wonder of Stardom championship. Not only beating Tam Nakano for the Wonder Belt, but Tam the Red Belt champion as well. I didn't see Mirai dropping a fall until maybe about match four or five. In the five star, but the fact that she drops a fall I'm pretty clean to Momo Watanabe here. I mean, there were some shenanigans here or there, but nothing where, you know, there was like a ref pulled and 84 people coming in or this, that. It's a pretty clean win that Momo got here. And then Momo said in backstage comments, like, you're the white belt champion. I just beat you for it. So they're teasing somewhere down the line, Momo challenging Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. So if this was the goal of this match, was one, to have a fantastic match, they did that and two to run this back with the white belt on the line stardom you know what you need to do what you've been doing for two years take my money here it is take my money (laughs) absolutely i to be fair this was the perfect length of this just explosive filled with brutal brutal kicks there was one moment where mirai attempted to get momo up for i think the miramar shock and momo just dropped on her with a somato it was great and you say you know the interference we had one sort of wild bat shot from momo but that was it really it was relatively clean and obviously you know i spoke about this before and how um the tournament sort of gives carte blanche to uh, to results like this, you know, we had two years in a row where Azumi beats Suri, for example, and it does sort of give the chance to get these title challenges, and that's why I do think that Azumi is going to beat Mirai. <coughs> but yes, I was uh, I was completely with you. I was uh, I was convinced Mirai was uh, was going to win this, but another Momo title match. I don't even think you need to give this much longer than they gave it here. Like, what did it go? Sub ten minutes. Give this 13, 14, 15 minutes at the top of a pay-per-view, I'd be more than happy. Um, and just let them do what they did in this match. Some heavy-ass lariats from uh, from Mirai and some big, big stiff kicks from Momo. That's all we want. Um, what did you give it, my friend? I had it four and a quarter stars. I love the finish with the Momo punk kick, Peach Sunrise kicking out at two, and then just dropping her with the Peach Thunder. So, um, yeah, the same star rating as I gave you, Tommy and Mina, but I like uh, you, Tommy and Mina, that much more. So, again, four and a quarter stars. How about you, partner? Yeah, I gave it four. Um, we need to talk about that punk kick. That punk kick looked absolutely devastating. Not since the one she broke in kayfabe, um, Azumi's jaw with when she had the spanner inside her uh, boot as she delivered a more devastating punt. So, uh, yeah, that was a really, really brutal ending, and I absolutely loved it. Speaking of matches I absolutely (laughs) loved... um, Oh, man. (laughs) We have got a one-two-three punch here of three absolutely superb matches, and we start with red block action, Suri moving to two points, defeating Suzu Suzuki with the Vermilion World in 11 minutes and two seconds. This was frantic stuff, and it was everything I wanted it to be. If if you'd have asked me at the start of the match, what do you want to see between these two? I want to see them 
kick the ever-loving Jimmy out of each other. That's all I want. I don't even want a story. I just want them to hit each other with everything as hard as they possibly can. And they gave us that and more. Just that opening shot with um, Suzu tempting Suri into the handshake, then in the tequila shot of the German suplex. It was brilliant. And then the more we got into the match, the more they'd be throwing at each other. And I mentioned her before, but I'll mention it again now. Suzu Suzuki is a star in the making. I mean, not even in the making, a star in waiting, should I say. She is there. She's just waiting for that tap on the shoulder. And I don't think... If she were to win the red belt now... I can't think of a single person who watches Joshi wrestling that would go, that's a ridiculous booking decision. She is so, so damn good, and she's so damn versatile as well. To go from death matches to having brutal, for lack of a better phrase, slobber knockers against the likes of Suri, a refreshed Shuri as well, let's not forget, because she wasn't on the last tour, Um. I think just this match itself was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Go out of your way to see it because just just when you can't, you don't think they're going to up the match, Suzu Suzuki launches Suri onto the floor with the German suplex from the apron, which looked brutal. They start just trading suplexes. You've got Suri flipping out of bloody suplexes into victory rolls it's everything about it works beautifully some of those kickouts towards the end absolutely magnificently timed overall one of my matches of the night and only because i can't really separate these last three matches four and a half stars brilliant go out of your way to watch this because i guarantee you that suzu suzuki is wonder or world of stardom champion or is at least at the very least had a shot at one of those belts another shot because i know she already had a match with julia by next year's five star guaranteed she is a star she is going to be leading this company sooner rather than later you talked about you hit everything on the head part but you're like i don't even care if they give me a story which they did the story was suzu just so desperate to get to get to win this tournament not only win this tournament to beat sherry who won this tournament two years ago and dominated stardom you know with that year-long run literally to the point where she upholds the cold of honor i'm always a fan of that so and but then she brings her in with the tequila shot and the suplex uh and the german suplex and i'm not gonna lie rob i bid on that I'm like are you kidding me this is where they're going she kicks out and then suzu just takes her right like let's get this match more violent suzu takes her to the floor suplexes her on the ramp uh, eventually sherry gets the advantage back she throws her in the ring and was like yeah you want to get violent i get violent too and then she just starts kicking the crap out of Susan. Oh like, my we're four, God. I'm like, we're four, minute, we're four minutes in this match. We saw a tequila shot, a German suplex that a lot of people, including me, bit on the finish. And then Susan starts beating the crap out of Sherry on the outside. It gets on the inside. And then Sherry, within two kicks, takes the advantage back. I'm like, but this is what it needed to be. And then, and then Suzu rapid fires, throwing those buzzsaw kicks back and forth. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, but I believe we released our uh, Patreon exclusive top five stardom matches uh, with me and Scott on the morning of the show. Correct. Mm-hmm. We did indeed. Well, we, I was on Twitter and me and Scott were watching this uh, show live and we were messing each other back and forth. And we were, uh, he retweeted our tweet and I was trying to, you know, get the stuff out as many people as possible. But as soon as this match was over, Scott goes, I told you that we were, we have to redo 
our five, top five five-star matches because this might make it for me. Uh, yeah, this was absolutely incredible. Uh, and then it, uh, Suzu, yeah, she hits the German suplex onto the floor, uh, off the apron, onto the floor to Sherry, which she did on Saya last year, which looked great, but there was a lot more people to catch Saya. I don't know if they were just out of place or they weren't ready for it or what, because they caught Saya or Sherry, but not as well as they should have. Thank God she was okay. And then she goes for the, uh, Suzu goes for the two back-to-back uh, German suplexes because um, she did, she hit the one. Uh, but didn't hit the you know the the trifecta the locomotion which pretty much got her all of her wins in last year's five star Sherry knowing that she's in danger basically does the Oklahoma uh, rolls through does the prong hold uh, Quesadora uh, roll through and then goes to the arm uh, and tries to attack Suzu's arm and the two of them start trading kicks back and forth um, and then eventually Suzu gets the tequila shot uh, or sorry um, she. Uh, Suzu, or when Sherry gets out of the two German suplexes, she hits the buzzsaw kick, she hits the running knee, and at this point, Sherry's just had it. She's just had, she picks Suzu up and just launches her into the turnbuckle. And we've seen Sherry do this very many times, especially in the uh, her World of Stardom Championship run. Was it just me, Rob, or was this one like extra violent? <laughs> like it was like, you know what? If you're going to do all this to me, I have to bring it back to you. And then she just slaps her a couple times, picks her up for a million world free count. This match doesn't take a breather. It's nonstop. Um, it builds. The psychology is there. The violence is there. Now, I've not seen all of Suzu Suzuki's death matches, and I'm not, I appreciate the death match style, but that's, you know, kind of not, not my bag. This, in my opinion, for all the Suzu matches I've seen, and you know I'm a huge fan of Suzu Suzuki, especially here in Stardom, this is the best Suzu Suzuki match I've ever seen. And outside of the final of the 2021 five-star, this is the best five-star Sherry match I've ever seen. This was the easiest five-star match I can give. This gets all the stars. This was absolutely fantastic. And good luck to everybody else that is going to try to top this. Even though a lot of people I talked to said that they liked Hazuki and Mayu better. And they liked Sori Anhu and Julia better. And a few people messaged me just the other day saying I rewatched the whole show. Yutami and Mina was my five ma- my favorite match from the show. So it's so awesome that this show was so good, Rob that people have more than one favorite match from the show. I absolutely love that. And that just goes to show that just the uh, the depth of the roster and matches and match quality that not only this show has, but stardom. But yeah, I mean, I went back and watched this match yesterday. I'm probably going to watch it again either tonight or tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow I won't have time. I'll be on the road. But I'm definitely going to go back and watch this again soon. This was fantastic. It's funny you should say um, everyone having different favorite matches. I think something that every single person has been sort of um, agreed upon, if you like, is that this show was better than any of the G1 nights so far. And it's because of the consistency of those matches. You know, Suri and Suzu Suzuki, phenomenal match. Mayu Iwatani versus Suzuki, excellent match. Julian Suri and violent brilliance. Um, Yutami Haishishta and Mina Shirakawa, fantastic match. Momo Watanabe and Mirai, brutal. Loved it. Just hard hitting. Um, I think it's got something there for everyone. And whereas with the G1 Climax at the moment, especially in the current format, you, format sorry, you get maybe one good match, two at a push. Um, this had, you know, at least five matches that could literally be called match of the night because they were that damn good. And that, you know, pays testament to how good these wrestlers are in the ring and the booking as well, because as a card, 
this card has got to be up there at the end of your awards as one of the best shows. I just wonder if this uh, this main event is going to stop it from uh, from winning. Um, we move on then to uh, the red block again. The, or these blah, 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 the red block again. Um, Mayu Utani defeating her stars stablemate Hazuki in thirteen minutes and two seconds with the two step dragon. Couple of notes from this. First of all, Hazuki unsurprisingly bought the violence bought the hard hitting which we love um but also she properly drew it out of mayu this is the hardest hitting i've seen mayu do in ages this is the most serious apart from when she misses a slap and uh, has to go has to do it again um because she just misses it entirely which i thought was great um this is the most like serious and down to earth i've seen mayu in a while as well and I think that's because, you know, Hazuki drags it out of her. Um, you know, it was always going to be unenviable following Suri versus Suzu Suzuki, but I felt like these two were the two to do it. I loved everything about this match. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Hazuki's hard-hitting, Maiwe Watani's athleticism and selling. Um, I mean, to the point where I even enjoyed Hazuki's suicide dives, which always terrify me because I never feel like she gets enough distance in them. Um, it goes to show just how much I enjoyed this match. Overall, I thought both these women left absolutely everything in the ring. And my only really, my only real surprise, really, was that giving the little interaction we had where Mayu and Hazuki sort of tease that Hazuki's going after the IWGP Women's Championship is that Hazuki didn't get the win here. Um, but... Nevertheless, um, Kirsty's favourite to win the tournament, Mayu Ibutani, uh, comes out with a victory. Another outstanding match. Um, uh, four and a half stars again. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, Matt. Uh, Rob, this match starts off with Hazuki going back to her high-speed roots. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... There's a reason why I'm talking about how fast these matches are starting when we get to the next match in a moment. She, like, rolls Mayu up twice in, like, the first, like, 15 seconds trying to get that quick fall. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going here. And I'm trying to answer tweets and I'm trying to write down my notes. And I'm like, okay, put the phone away. Got, got, got to take these notes. Um, uh, there, again, you mentioned everything about how great the match was. It built the psychology. Mayu's a hard hitter. There are certain matches that she's even got to be more hard hitting. And she was really here. Her match with Mercedes Monet towards the end, she got really hard hitting, especially when uh, she goes for the moonsault and Mercedes grabs her leg and Mayu just boots the crap out of her face. And it seemed like every strike was on like that level and as well it needed to be because it was Hazuki. There was one point in the match that I was like scratching my head at and I was actually like kind of like maybe not upset, but I was like, what do you do? This makes no sense. This makes no sense. And then they they completely course corrected. I'm like, oh, what, what? I know nothing as a wrestler. I know nothing. That spot was Mayu misses the moonsault Hazuki rolls to the outside to create separation I'm like okay I understand that you know she this is my one of her big moves I got to get out of the way now I'm going to get out of the way I'm going to take this to the floor and I'm going to get a breather and then Mayu Hazuki's out there so long not like crazy long but she's out there so long Mayu eventually shakes it off and then she goes for a suicide dive and as she's running I'm like this makes no sense you just missed the top rope move why would you go for a second and then I realized Hazuki baits her in and as it's not like Hazuki moves. Hazuki darts into the ring, goes under the rope as Mayu. I guess it's par for the course. Mayu has to miss a suicide dive in the five-star. Mm-hmm. She did that horrendous, that crazy one with Mirai last year. So I was like, oh, I get it. She baited her in for the suicide dive, knowing that she's going to eat it. So she eats it twice in a row. 
And then Hazuki, we've never seen Hazuki do this. She hits two suicide dives right in a row. So I was like, for 10 seconds, and I was like questioning the psychology of Mayu and Hazuki. I'm like, I know nothing about wrestling. I really do. I'm just going to let these girls do. And I thought that was so brilliant. And that's the brilliance with psychology, because you think it's going to go one way, and then you're questioning something, and they give you something completely opposite, completely better than, than you would imagine. I thought the psychology of that spot of Hazuki outsmarting Mayu, the leader of stars, it's like, I know you all so well. I've been in your group for over a year. We wrestled each other at the five star, I think like five times already. I know what you're going to do, and I'm going to bait you into this. I thought that was great. And then it starts leading to Hazuki, starting to need the code breakers and the face washes and trying to go for the brain buster. But absolutely, um, eventually, uh, there was a really cool spot where Mayu is building up to the two-step dragon. And uh, Hazuki's able to get out and gets the Hazuki Strauf like 2.9. And I thought that was going to be the finish because I think me and you both had Hazuki. I know me and you both had Hazuki winning this match because one, we were wrong on 70% of our predictions. And two, we thought it was going to lead to a Hazuki Mayu IWGP match. So I thought that was going to be the finish. I bit hard. Eventually, she uh, Mayu comes back, stiff super kick, hits the two-step dragon uh, and gets the pinfall. Yeah, this was absolutely brilliant. And it's like, don't take a breath four and three-fourth stars. This was damn near perfect, Rob. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Four and a half stars. Absolutely fantastic. Loved every minute of it. Um, uh, and again, I rather stupidly thought, you talk about not knowing anything, Matt. Um, uh, I stupidly thought, how on earth are you going to top this? Well, it turns out we're going to top it with one of the most violent time limit draws you've seen in five-star history between Julia and Siori Anu going the full 15 minutes and literally just bludgeoning each other um, until they are both bleeding. You've got this horrible spot. Just... <sighs> we talked a little bit about Julia and Siori, the match we're going to cover in our alternate commentary. And... They literally lift that spot here, but it just seems so much worse. Um, Siori Nu literally just a fisherman suplex, I think, just literally launches Julia into the crowd from off of the ramp. And just the impact is brutal. Absolutely brutal. We get the traditional table spot. We get just two women just out for blood quite literally in this match and the 15 minutes properly flies by as well because these two women are literally just no respect for their own safety of any kind and uh it's just it's an extremely an extremely fun watch and i would be amazed if it's not one of the matches of the tournament it was blisteringly good fun matt yeah, I mentioned before about these quick starts. Obviously, Han and, uh, with Micah, Starlight Kid jumping Natsupoi. You had uh, the tequila shot to start out the Suzu-Sherry uh, match. You had Hazuki going for the quick rolls here. So, again, I'm trying to take my notes. I'm trying to stay up to date on Twitter. And uh, this match, they start with a lockup, and Julia takes a side headlock. I'm like, okay. I, Rob Goodwin, I can breathe. I'm taking notes. I'm getting a sip of water. My cats are running around. I'm trying to answer stuff on Twitter. Next thing I know, they're on the outside. I'm like, oh, well, there goes that. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was going to have a breather. So, and again, if you watch the, I know there's some, uh, some of our listeners and there's some stardom fans that sometimes it can be tough to keep and not just uh, stardom. Sometimes like WWE, AEW, sometimes it's tough to watch everything, but if you do and the promotion has really good booking and the talent is really smart and everything's booked properly, all these little things you see on the big shows, they add up to so much more. And Julian Soria knew for the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months are really building up like how violent they're going to get. 
and boy, they howdy really outside of that side headlock from Julia. Uh, you know, that was, uh, that was the only like nonviolent thing. Cause then they take her to the ramp and then Julia is going for the uh, backdrop driver on the chairs. I know she's not going to hit it because that's a crazy bump, but they made sure they had all the seconds get the fans out of the way. I'm like, clearly they're doing something, but there's no way Sawyer knew is taking this backdrop driver. Then again, I really, <laughs> what happens about three minutes later, I really shouldn't question how insane she is. Uh, and then Soria New hits the, uh, what I call the perfect, perfect plex off the ramp into the sixth or seventh row. I went back and watched uh, this match last night, Rob, and I don't know how they did this, but those chairs, they're not folding chairs. They're just regular chairs. Suzu and Soria New. Now, granted, that's 90% Soria New controlling Julia's body. They hit as flat as they possibly can on those chairs. If you Now, any part of those chairs, it sucks. I'm not going to lie, folks. There's no way to 100% protect yourself. But if you hit the lip of the chairs, it's a lot harder. So I have no idea how Soria New is able to control not only her body, but Julia's body coming in full motion off a rampway and able to hit the, both their bodies as flat as possible to again once again to try to protect each other as much as they can uh, on that violent spot and then they just decide to just go full Oedo Tai and Cork and Hall or full uh, ECW arena style and just take out every chair like possible it's like you know what you guys are paying all this money for these first four or five rows it's going to be take home Julia or Sloria New with you tonight because they just take out literally everything and then that's not good enough Rob we have to have Julia pile drive Suzu Suzuki through a table as she's bleeding from the top of her head holy jeez and I'm like now I didn't think this would go to a time limit draw you were the only one of the four of us at a time limit draw you thought it was going to be Sherry versus Suzu so I was like, okay, they've done enough. They're going to go back in the ring. They're going to do a couple false finishes. And then they're going to take this one home. But they build and build. And God bless Sorian knew they could have taken it home or they could have went to double. Since it was going to go to a draw, they could have done a double disqualification or a double count out or a double knockout. But Sorian knew stays the course. Not only that, but making the blood, she gets it almost goes into like zombie mode. You know, when it's something that I've never seen, I've only seen a handful of matches outside of stardom, um, but she goes into a completely different mode. And Julia even takes some of the blood. And I think she like takes it off uh, Sori News uh, head and like and licks it or something like that. She did something crazy. I'm like, as if she's not violent enough. Oh, by the way, Julia's look too was fantastic. I thought her gear was great. I believe it was based off some anime character. I have to tap uh, Lily, my daughter on that one because she's the anime genius. But I thought she looked great with that gear. Anywho. Back to the match. So then, like, Julia's getting the advantage. She goes to go off the top rope. Sorry, new cuts her out for the top rope, her Karana. And we're building, we're building. She hits the, uh, the what I call the backslide from heaven. Julia kicks out at one. Julia hits the uh, backdrop driver and then the shining black. Sorry, new kicks out at one. They just go back and forth until a point where I completely forgot about the time limit. Julia hits the glorious driver and then the bell rings. And I was like, oh, I was so enthralled in this violent story that they were telling that I completely forgot that we were coming along on the time limit. This was great. The risks were fantastic. Again, if you just see this match with no context, you'll love it. But knowing the buildup they did, which is the genius of stardom, why it makes them the best wrestling company in the world, bar none, you, it adds on to this match so much more. They, and they took the risk, but they were safe doing it. They were was able to protect each other while kicking each other's ass. Uh, which is just the art and the illusion of wrestling. And these two just did it in tenfold and had a great story after all that violence of them just trying to one up each other. And then to a point where it was like, 
we can't beat each other by throwing each other through every chair in this building or pile driving each other through tables. So Sori News, like, I'm going to try to beat you with a three count with the backslide from heaven. I couldn't do it. Julia tries to win with the goddess gate clutch, but then gets reversed. Sori New basically shifts her weight up. So it's like, now we're trying to get flash finishes. Because at this point, Rob, we're just trying to beat the clock and get a three count and try to leave with all of our limbs attached. Brilliant story. Fantastic match. Again, another for me, five-star match. I had this at five stars. Wow. Okay. I gave it four and a half. I mean, to be fair, I don't think there's anything that I can add that you haven't already said. Um, just a brilliant match. Like, this show was so, so good. And it's just it's just a shame um, what happened in the main event, which we're obviously going to talk about now um and that was the red block match tam nakano moving to two points uh defeating saya kamatani via referee stoppage in eight minutes and 15 seconds um out of respect for saya obviously i'm not going to rate this match um but basically what starts out as an extremely extremely quick paced match these two have got a lot of history of course dating back to where last year well no two years ago now july in uh, yokohama where sai kamatani won the cinderella and then failed uh in capturing the white belt um here they start extremely quickly um saya then goes to climb the the lighting rig which is impressive it's also exceptionally high um she goes for a big cross body uh, unfortunately as she lands um she dislocates her shoulder and oh, no dislocates her elbow i apologize and uh, has messed up all of the ligaments as well so the referee calls for the bell um awards the match to tam um and sire is stretched out um incredibly difficult spot no one is to blame for the injury, unfortunately, things like this happen in wrestling. Um, what makes this even more crushing, aside from the fact that Saya Kamatani has now had to pull out of the five-star Grand Prix and the fact that she's not going to be part of the Tag Team Dream Festival um, in a couple of months' time, is that according to the Wrestling Observer today, um, Saya Kamatani was supposed to win the entire tournament. Um, she was scheduled to win the entire tournament and build to a match with whoever was the champion um, at the end of the year. Um, we haven't got a time limit or a time frame, should I say, on uh, the injury to Sire, but the fact this this just makes it all the more difficult to swallow. The fact that she was getting this huge push towards the red belt um, and a freak injury, you know, when you attempt, they're called high-risk maneuvers for a reason. Um, Dave Meltzer has gone on to say the whole tournament and wins and losses were laid out in advance to build a dramatic tournament finale with her winning. And with this, everything has to be redone. So um, a couple of things to come from this. First things first, obviously, we wish Sire a speedy recovery. Um, hopefully she doesn't rush back before she's ready. And hopefully when she does come back, she is going to be kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> Secondly, it's no one's fault. The injury is no one's fault. These things happen in wrestling, as I said, called high risk for a reason. And thirdly, the fact that she should have won the tournament, crushing. Fourth, it means that we could potentially have another winner. Well, we're going to have to have another winner. Um, 
and credit to Sky Wrestling, who on Twitter actually managed to unearth a quote from Dave back in October of 2021 um, that says that Julia was supposed to win the 2021 five-star Grand Prix, but her injury led to a rejig, which ultimately led to Suri winning and obviously the run that we know there. So even though Saya is injured, and obviously Julia did win the next year, did go on to win the red belt and did go on to uh, have a couple of great matches before shockingly dropping it to Tam. This could happen for Saya. Yes, she might not win here, but we could do something really good for someone else in the tournament. Maybe a Hazuki. And then when Saya comes back next year, wins the 2024 five-star Grand Prix and is able to close that own story. I just wish that it wasn't because of this injury, but straight away you could tell something wasn't right, Matt. Yeah, it's scary. Uh, I remember after, as they were doing the graphic for this match, I sent Scott a wrestling. I said, yeah, Scott E. Wrestling. I sent him a message again. We were messing each other back and forth, which has made the show even so much better for me talking to, you know, our good body and someone who is as passionate as stardom as uh, you and I are, Rob. And I said, how in the world? I said, this is totally unfair. Like, this show is so good. And then we go from these last three matches, and these two have to try to hop it. And he's, well, look at their last two matches, especially for the the Wonder Belt. Obviously, this only has a 15-minute time limit. Those two matches, I think I gave top of my head, I think I had four and three-fourth stars. So I'm like, even if this goes four and a quarter, four and a half, this is going to go down as one of the best wrestling shows ever. And they, let's give credit where credit's due, Rob. They started out hot. They had really good sequence in the beginning. They took it to the floor. Uh, Tam goes into Tam New Jack mode where she has to jump off something. And again, this very easily could have been Tam because she did a dive just as high. She did it off the entrance way. Um, so she does the dive. Of course, everybody's there, you know, to catch her. Saya, and I'm like, you know, Saya's going to do something crazy. She starts climbing up the lighting fixture. And I'm like, this is how they're going to try to outdo. Again, you, depending on what you like, uh, this is how they're going to go. She's going to do a big dive. They're going to go in the ring and, uh, you know, the way Tam builds her big matches and the way Saya builds her big message towards the finish. There's not really two better wrestlers in all of wrestling that build it, especially, you know, Tam being the red belt champion and Saya, the way she build her finishes in the white belt. And I'm like, this is going to be as close to a five-star. This is going to be one of the greatest nights of wrestling ever. As Saya's, And I have that thought in my head. So Saya climbs up the ramp, and up the lighting fixture, and a whole bunch of people are there to catch her. And sometimes I'll be watching wrestling, whether it's stardom or somebody else. And, it, you know, my wife will be watching with me. She's like, there's so many people there to catch them. It's kind of phony, right? And I was like, I kind of see your point of view. But at the same time, I'd rather have five people catch me than one people, one person catch me. I would rather blur the lines a little bit more of kayfabe and have a wrestler safe. Now, I'm not comparing myself to Saya Kamatani any stretch of the imagination. My biggest injury in wrestling, Rob, came from a dive that I have done a zillion times. It happened last year. As a dive I do from the top rope to the outside. And I did it. It was only one person to catch me. I came down and jammed my foot. If there was four or five people there to catch me, would it have been a safer landing for me? Probably. There was about four or five people there to catch Saya. And I did not go back and watch it. You know I do not like watching matches where wrestlers get injured. Now, unless I absolutely have to watch it for this podcast, I will never go back and watch this match again. Do not like watching matches, especially where Matt, where... If somebody now you, Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson and Okada from Forbidden Door, uh, uh, Dragon gets injured but continues the match, is able to continue the match. That's a match I can go back and watch. But a match that gets stopped because of injury, I do not like watching. 
I do not like watching. So again, I will never go back and watch this match again. Um, but from my vantage point, watching this live and the fact that I don't speak the language Japanese, so I'm frantically panting, uh, panicking, especially when they call for the bell. Because at first I'm like, maybe they're just doing an injury thing and then Sai is going to kind of make a comeback. But from where I was watching this live, Rob, it looked like when Saya hit and everybody cleared, Tam was holding her around the head. It looked like Saya was like spiked on a DDT. And you can see Tam is trying to talk to her. And you can see, I believe Daichi was the ref. He was telling the seconds, which are mostly from Queen's Quest, to go get water, go get water. So the first thing I'm thinking of, she either has a concussion or it's her neck by the way she's being held and the fact that they're getting her, getting her water. Wow. The bell rings and my heart just sank. I'm like, oh no, this is not good. And I'm thinking it's her neck. Eventually she rolls over, holding her arm. And there's no such thing as a good injury, but the fact that it's her arm and not her neck. And we don't know, we know that it's um, a dislocated elbow with ligament damage. So we're not sure where the ligament damage is. It may take her a week or two to find out. But sometimes with a dislocated elbow, it's like six to eight weeks. With a broken neck, it could end your career. So I'm like, okay, it's the kind of the lesser of two evils. Um, and the fact that I had Saya winning the block. And even if in my mind, I'm thinking, even if Saya doesn't win that block, we get all these rematches for the Wonder Belt. You know, we get the Natsupoi match. We get the uh, Starlight Kid match. We get the uh, Hazuki match. Again, we talked about, you know, my opinion, the greatest Wonder match of all time. And we get that match with Shuri that I was looking forward to. So even if she didn't win this tournament, she would come across at the end of this as a huge main event, and I think she's there anyway. What she's done with that Wonder Belt is unbelievable. But the fact that, yeah, about an hour before we recording, partner, that Meltzer reported, and again, you know, it's not 100% confirmed. I mean, but Dave Meltzer, again, it's, you know, he's been doing the Wrestling Observer longer than I've been breathing, so he knows, he knows what he's talking about. They had Saya winning this whole tournament, and that just guts me even more because, again, I don't like seeing any wrestler get injured, and you know how much I love Queen's Quest and how much I love Saya Kamatani. I mean, this just absolutely broke my heart in the main event of what was an absolute must-see show. Again, the most important thing is her health. But you're absolutely right, partner. Julia, from what we speculated, but from what you're telling me that Julia was supposed to win the 2021 tournament, we got that caught that lightning in a bottle with Sherry winning it, and then it just gave Julia more of an arc. Now, I'm going to say this. You can compare, you can say whatever you want. You know, wrestling is subjective. It's why we love it. They can pretty much almost copy and paste what they did with Julia and do this with Saya. However, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with me. When you count, when you, if you're going to compare Julia and Saya Kamatani, when you talk about a sympathetic, pure babyface, Saya Kamatani is one of the best in stardom. So when Saya comes back from this injury, if they start building towards that in late spring, early summer, and they start building towards the sympathetic babyface that she is, and then wins this tournament, and then be, maybe beats Utami and the main event of next year's uh, uh, Dream Queendom, I think me being a positive person, that's the best way to, to, to come out of this, is if they basically, you know, hey, let's get you, we can pivot, well, we have a loaded roster, maybe it's a Hazuki, maybe it's a Shuri, maybe it's a Mayu, maybe we go back-to-back with Julia, maybe we go the Utami route, that everybody was kind of thinking, maybe we do the Mina, maybe we run back Mina and Tam with a little more heat to it. There's a zillion different ways they can go about it that it's still going to be great because Sardom is great and the booking's fantastic. And I know they have to reshuffle things around and I have 100% confidence in the booking of Stardom, especially what they did last year with half the, half, half the block was, was eligible to win going into the final night. 
I know, uh, and the fact that maybe it is a blessing, Rob, this is the first year in a long time, we didn't have back-to-back nights. But now the booking committee, Rossi Ogawa, has a few days to kind of reshuffle things to see what he wants to do. And I have no doubt they're going to make it for a great tournament. It's just heartbreaking. Regardless of what wrestler it is, especially somebody that is so universally loved, like Sayakamatani, to get injured. But I was so, I was such a sigh of relief when I saw that she was moving and that they put ice on her elbow. And I'm like, thank God it's just her elbow. Cause I, for the, it may have only been 30, 40 seconds, Rob, but I'm in my living room at like 6, 6 30 in the morning and I thought it was her neck. And thank God it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is quite literally a case of thank heaven for small mercies. Um, hopefully. Um, I know that, like I said, the Dream Festival, Tag Festival, and uh, the rest of the Five Star are currently the dates that Saikamatari is missing. Hopefully, we'll see her at Dream Queendom at the end of the year, assuming that we do still get a Dream Queendom. Um, uh, credit to Stardom, though, they still rang the, po- um, the post match angle, um, which, you know, hopefully, trying to get them to forget the. Uh, the- sadness of what they'd just seen um of all people um someone that i have absolutely no idea about i'm afraid um megan bain so uh, also known as the megasus great name um uh, came to the ring and basically ran through tam um a company to ringside by Yutami Hayashishita. Um, Yutami basically said that she'd met Megan in the US, didn't know a great deal about her, but knew that she wanted to challenge in Japan, so brought her over. Um, again, love how Stardom are probably leaning into this Yutami tour. Um, and basically, Megan is going to challenge Tam for the red belt, and I on the IWGP belt, which brings Mayu Iwatani out, and we get two matches. Um, matches that were made official at the press conference for Stardom X Stardom on the 13th of August. Tam Nakano, the champion, versus Megan Bain. And for the IWGP Heavyweight champ- uh, heavyweight Women's Championship, <laughs> Mayu Iwatani versus Utami Hayashishta. Now, I don't know about you, Matt. Obviously, you've worked a lot of the US indies. Um, I know very, very little. Almost nothing about Megan Bain. Um, do you know anything? Have you heard anything? Um, what do you think about this angle of a brand new outsider coming in and challenging Tam for the Red Belt? What What are your feelings towards this? I know nothing about Megan Bain. However, I was very, hey, can any, you know, uh, again, people on Twitter, because I lean towards the positive, very, very helpful. Uh, a lot of our listeners, very, very helpful. Gave me a bunch of matches to watch. I guess she was a big deal over and beyond wrestling. No, my buddy Jerry actually owns Beyond Wrestling, so I might have to tap him to kind of see, you know, uh, maybe get some insider information, Rob. Maybe maybe I'll do that. Maybe I can do that. But uh, from what I understand, she's fantastic. They said that she's going to fit into this stardom roster really, really well. And um, I wonder if she is going to, if she's going to be, I don't know if this is going to be like a three or four month stint for her or if this is going to be something more permanent where maybe she is a member of Queen's Quest because that was kind of Queen's Quest thing back in the day is they would have a lot of gaijin wrestlers in their uh in their stable you know be Priestley, a viper um you know those so maybe uh maybe she's somebody that she bring they're basically bringing into queen's quest since it was kind of utami that accompanied her but utami was completely different i was like worried like is utami turning heel is she leaving queen's quest which would be terrible with science injury but the fact that utami was wearing a queen's quest shirt uh megan bain jumps tam where Utami is very like, hey, Mayu, come here. I want to challenge you for your belt. And was 
they shook hands. So I was like, okay, maybe they're staying the course with Mayu and Queen, Queen's Quest. But uh, I don't know anything about Megan Bain. Uh, just from the eyeball test, very, very impressive. And again, um, nothing from what I understand uh, from what people were telling me, nothing but super impressive stuff from her. So I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you can see a couple of her matches. So, And I don't think that Stardom would run uh, a main event Red Belt match at a pay-per-view with somebody that was incapable of going toe-to-toe with Tam Nakano. So, uh, so hopefully um, by the time we record next week, I will be able to watch some Megan Bain matches and have more of an opinion on her. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I will say is that Mariah May's tweet about Megan Bain had me giggling for a while. And again, it's thanks to Sky Wrestling that I actually saw this. So obviously, post all of this happening, um, we had a press conference to set the cards for Midsummer Fest in 2023, New Blood 10, and for Stardom X Stardom. Um, now, <laughs> Everyone was in their finery. You know, they're just their their normal clothes, apart from Megan Bain, who came in her very, very, very themed gear, including huge headdress. And if you've seen the photo that they take with her in the middle and everyone else is a good two heads shorter than her, um, Mariah May tweeted out saying, Megan, darling, did you forget clothes? I mean, you can borrow something if you want, Um, which makes me laugh the fact that... uh, just the idea she's of, the best mariah may is the best on twitter <laughs> just love the idea of megan bain having to go around in just that outfit you know like going to do a big shop in that outfit and stuff um but like i say we did have an utterly chaotic press conference that we had nanai takahashi and sayurida um taking on each other in a shoulder tackle contest just while they're both shouting passion um we had the utterly bizarre segment between rose gold and natsupoy and Surya new where rose gold came to the press conference tied together to show their unity and then mariah may started saying all of the things that they do together uh before mina stopped her um so that then ended up turning into a tug of war that was refereed by Wakasukiyama, which was brilliant, needless to say. Uh, Megan Bain then carried on the rich tradition of people bloodying up Tam at a press conference. Um, and on top of all of this, we got the information that Stardom are going to be honouring a whole host of Joshi legends at Midsummer Fez. In terms of Stardom press conferences, I'd argue this one was perhaps the most breathless. But to me, the best moment of this press conference was Saki Kashima falling asleep. I didn't see that. (laughs) Saki Kashima fell asleep backstage and was (laughs) was found by the person challenging her for the high speed title, Kagame. So Kagame drew all over her face. Saki Kashima did not realize that Kagama had drawn all over her face, so went to the press conference with ink all over her face, um, with Rossi Ogawa not able to contain his laughter, just as he wasn't able to contain his laughter when Wakasukiyama was referee- refereeing that bloody um, tug-of-war match. Honestly, if you haven't already seen it, you need to watch it. It is absolutely hilarious and then as they're posing for the photo, Sayori Anu and Natsupoy are still wrapped up in their end of the rope and Natsupoy's like 
sort of falling all over Sayori Anu just to wind her up, and Sayori Anu is just deadpanning it, just absolutely not having any of it. A brilliant, just a brilliant press conference. But all in all, um, we have the following cards to come out of it. So first things first, our next big show is going to be Stardom X Stardom. Um, and on that card, we have the following. We've got a tag team gauntlet. We've got one five-star Grand Prix match, which is going to be Red, uh, Red Block, Starlight Kid versus Natsuka Tora. We've then got the High Speed Championship, Saki Kashima versus Kogama. We've got the Goddess of Stardom Championship match, Rose Gold versus Sayori Poi. We've then got the New Japan Strong Women's Championship with Julia taking on Matt's favourite wrestler, Yu. Um, and then we have got these two at the top of the card, Mayu Iwatani versus Yutami Haishishta for the IWGP Women's Championship. And then we've got Tam Nakano defending the World of Stardom Championship against Megan Bain. Um, obviously, these cards are all sort of coming in the middle of the five-star and are often seen as forgettable cards simply because of, you know, people are more interested in the five-star. Obviously, I don't know enough about Megan Bain to be excited about that match just yet. However, Mayu Iwatani versus Utami had a fantastic match for the in the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament. The fact that they're running that back, I'm very excited about. And the Goddess of Stardom title match, don't sleep on Rose Gold versus Siori Poi. I have very, very high expectations for that match. Um, Matt, is Julia going to be the first person to make you sell? That is the big question. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say for any of the new listeners. I, I enjoy you. I just don't like her lack of selling, especially the her refusal to put Mariah and Ami Sori over in any stretch of the imagination in a match. But I have a feeling that she'll sell really well. I think that match will be really, really good. And now I'm curious to see if Julia, because she has the defense here, um, if the next week is supposedly on the 19th of August is when she's rumored to be over in Philadelphia. So I still have not pulled the trigger on my tickets yet because I don't want to pull no, no disrespect to any of the uh, new Japan juniors that are on the show. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, but that's like my hang up on, you know, buying a ticket, traveling to Philadelphia, basically just taking the day to do that. So I'm wondering if Julie going to have like two title defenses in a week. So I'm not really sure yet because nothing's been officially announced. And I know it's been heavily speculated in the observer and a whole bunch of other places that are pretty good sources. So, um, not really sure what they're doing with that, but that'd be pretty cool if Julia just is able to just keeps defending the strong belt like back to back. So a few times, um, I think that match would be great. It'll be violent in the best way possible. I see Julia maybe getting a submission win. It'd be really cool to see if she can get you up in the Northern Lights bomb. That'd be a really cool visual. So uh, yeah, I'm interested in that. And you said don't sleep on the tag title match. I know that'll be great. Um, completely shifting gears. Don't don't sleep on uh, Kagama versus Saki Kashima because that's going to be high speed and shenanigans all in one, buddy. Absolutely, could not agree more. Um, so that was one card we had announced. We also had on the eighteenth of August the card for the New Blood Ten show, and that is as follows: uh, we've got six woman tag: Hanako, Kazuna Tanaka, and Hanoka versus Ami, Sori, Nanami, and Miran. We've got Lady C versus Kohaku, uh, May Sarah and Suzu Suzuki versus Hanan and Hina. 
very excited for that. Um, singles match, a Cosmic Angels evaluation match with Yuna Mizumori versus Natsupoi. Uh, Miyu Amasaki versus Sayori Anu that was actually set up on one of the Road 2 shows we talked about earlier. Um, Nene Takahashi versus Saya Ida in the latest of the Passion Injection matches. And for the future of Stardom Championship, we have got Rina versus Waka Tsukiyama. Um, in terms of new blood cards, Matt, I'm excited by this card. I think this card's decent. Can't help seeing that we've got no New Blood Tag Team Championship on here, though, um, which is slightly disappointing. But other than that, not a bad show. No, and I don't think I've ever wanted Knott's Point to lose a match before. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, again, you, I think you, I love Knott's Point, obviously. Who doesn't? She's fantastic, terrific. But I just really want to see Yuna in the Cosmic Angels. Um, I just think that she fits so well. and She's working so hard. And again, we talked about it earlier in the show, just improving so much in the ring. Um, but the, uh, the, the Saeed and Nene matches on here, right? Uh, yes, it is. Semi-main. Oh, man. I'm so... As good as the Starlight Kid and the Nine match was, and that was great. I think this one could be just as good because their styles are so well. It's literally... It's going to be 10, 11, 12 minutes of just hard-hitting action back and forth. And I'm going to make a crazy prediction, Rob. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Nene Takahashi loses her first passion injection match. Maybe I'm betting with my heart. The show favorite, Saya Ida. Hmm. I I I don't share your enthusiasm that serial pin eater Sayurida is beating notorious pin avoider Nene Takahashi. Um, I would love it to happen. Um, I think that could be the boost that Sayurida needs, but I don't see it happening. Um, especially as Wakasuki Armor currently has a pinfall victory very recently over Sayurida. Um, uh, again, would love to see it happen. Love to see Unimizumori beat Natsupoi just to be part of Cosmic Angels because I think if anyone has deserved it, she has. Just one last thing on the new blood card. Rina versus Waka for the future of Stardom Championship. Do you see any way of Waka getting the belt or do you see a uh, title defense for Rina? Title defense, I think it's going to be really, really good. Again, Waka, she, you know, she gets that big win. She got a couple wins in the going into the Cinderella tournament. And then she's kind of been back and forth with the wins or losses, more losses. But you can't deny that Waka is great. I mean, go back and watch that future. We, you know, when she was still at the big goose egg, the zero, when she wrestled Hanan for the uh, future belt, it was a lot of a few new, near falls in that. But I think this is going to be a very good, very underrated match that once it gets done, people are going to be like, of course, Rena is really good and Waka is really good. Um, but now I see Rena holding that belt for probably until the end of the year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. We've had a couple of relatively quick um, title losses uh, since the Hannon one. So, yeah, well, I'll say a couple. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, I'd be happy to see Rena hold it because I think she's deserved it. Um, and finally, the last card we had announced was a strange one, in truth. Um, it's just to take place um, the night after New Blood, so the 19th of August, and the Midsummer Fez show is going to be a tribute to Joshi Legends. Now, this card was greeted divisively, um, which we'll talk about in a moment, but I just want to run through the cards. So we've got a three-way match, Kogama versus Hanako versus Fukukin Death. We have got Hanan, Hina, and Rina taking on Lady C, Wakasukiyama, and Yuna Mizumori. Uh, Rose Gold 
taking on Megan Bain and Tekla. That's non-title. Um, Micah, Suzu, Suzuki and Maysera versus Mirai, Amisori and Sayurida. That's interesting. We've then got Suri and Saki Kashima, the first time they have tagged together since becoming a member of God's um, God's Eye, um, versus Mayu Uitani and Momo Kogo. Gee, I wonder who's eating the pin in that one. And then we have a three set of matches, which I honestly didn't think I'd ever be reading out loud. So we have got a six-woman tag, Nanai Takahashi, Momo Nakanishi, and Jaguar Yakota taking on Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and you, who seems to be the latest in line to uh, sort of walk away from Nanai Takahashi and 7-Up. Um, we've then got Dump, Matsumoto, Zapti, Natsukatora, and Ruaka taking on Yutami Hayashishita, Azumi Miyawamasaki, and Kyoko Inoue. And then in the main event, as is billed at the moment, Shinobu Kandori, Takako Inoue, and Hazuki taking on Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Sayori Anu. Um So... Basically, <laughs> didn't see any of this coming, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, it's going to be a very, very exciting show. Um, you know, even if it is just to honour some of these Joshi legends, obviously Kandori, a legitimate badass, um, had a fantastic match with Akira Hokuto at Dream Slam. Um, Kyoko Inoue and Takako Inoue, obviously one half each of Double Inoue, um, both excellent wrestlers in their own right. Kyoko Inoue is very, very decorated and, of course, is the current owner and uh, founder of pro wrestling, Diana. Uh, we've got Jaguar Yokota in there, who is no, you know, widely known as one of, if not the greatest, women's wrestler of all time. Dun Matsumoto, who is such a cool heel, like the Joshi heel. She was terrifying in her time and there's one very gifable moment of her stabbing someone in the arm with scissors and there is no pulled like attack there. They are going in and out and it is gross but Don Matsumoto is fantastic. Unfortunately I don't know a great deal about Zap T um, but overall obviously Joshi royalty are going to be on um, on display during Midsummer Fest. Now the negativity surrounding it is obviously that these women are no longer in their prime. And that's reasonable. Um, we've got women who are in their 50s, some in their 60s, some in their high 60s. So are they going to be able to go with the likes of the stardom roster? Obviously, we had the press conference where Kandori pretty much did the whole, I'm going to come in and show these women, you know, real women's wrestling, which seems to be the... Uh, sort of tagline for anyone that comes back into stardom you know neo stardom army for example um so if if that's going to be sort of an angle i'm a little less excited than i would be if it's just a one-off celebration of these pioneering women if it's a one-off show i'm all for it i think it'd be great if it's a repeated thing i, I don't think i'm gonna be that interested if i'm perfectly honest but to see kandori in the ring again to see the likes of momo nakadishi who can still go by the way we saw that a couple of weeks ago takako inoue who apparently is in her late 40s early 50s i disagree looking at her face she could be 35 like she just doesn't age it's ridiculous um and obviously jaguar ikota has been wrestling on and off since the 70s so uh, I can understand the negatives. 
about basically, you know, these women are past it. You know, what are we going to get out of this? But I can also see the excitement of celebrating these Joshi legends. Matt, where do you stand? I assume on the excited side because you are one of the most positive people I meet. But can you understand perhaps some of, not necessarily the, the negativity, but the surprise surrounding this announcement? Sure. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I try to stay away from the negativity and about 90% of the tweets and the uh, social media stuff has all been positive. I understand the negativity here, but at the same time, nostalgia, especially in wrestling is amazing. It is amazing. You got to keep in mind when I was 20 years old, back in uh, 2002, again, I grew up in the eighties. The biggest thing on my TV for years was Hulk Hogan. You have no idea how amazing it was to see Hulk Hogan Back in the Toronto Skydome with The Rock, the building that him and the Ultimate Warrior set ablaze, and that place to go absolutely ballistic for Hulk Hogan doing a lockup and doing a pose. Nostalgia, again, in wrestling is amazing. My favorite wrestler of all time is Ricky Steamboat. To watch Ricky Steamboat basically go toe-to-toe with Chris Jericho at the end of the Legends Gauntlet at WrestleMania 25 was incredible. And it was only supposed to be a one-off, and Steamboat like went on the road with them for like two months. So um, not unless like one of these wrestlers gets really, really over, I, I want this to be a one-off. However, if like Kandori is like phenomenal and they want to do like something with her and like Sherry, yes, absolutely. You know, something with her and Suzo. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of Kandori, Rob, I think that I'm so excited for that match because after the match is over, Kandori, who's like a badass like judo, judo player, I think she was in the Olympics or the Olympic trials, like a legit shooter. Like, well before, like, you know, like a legit, like one of the most legit badass wrestlers of her time. I'm excited when that match is over for her to go to Hazuki and be like, damn, kid, you got to relax. Like, calm down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to uh, to see what happens. I'm not expecting, you know, four and a half to five stars from the from these uh, from these ladies. But at the same time. They're around a lot of talent that's going to protect them and then make them look good. Do you see my point on that one there, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, obviously, we've got no singles matches. They are all multi-woman tags for presumably that very reason. Um, Again, if it's a single night of celebration, I'm absolutely fine with it because I don't like the idea of having pay-per-views in the middle of the five-star anyway. So to make it a unique one-off experience, I'm absolutely fine with it. If it becomes a rolling thing, and obviously the women are getting older and are potentially slowing down in the ring, I'm I'm not interested in that. And I'm not particularly interested in a extended run for any of these. Though I'm sure like Kyoko and Nui can still go. Um, I don't, I'm not particularly interested in that. So if this is the one-off celebration, I'm happy. Why not, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, nostalgia, these ladies drew a ton of money in the nineties. So I wouldn't be shocked if this, if the attendance on this one does like 2,100, 2,200, I think it's going to draw a really, really good crowd. And uh, and I think everybody in the uh, that's going to pay, they know what they're going to get in this. Um, it's going to be a, a shot in the arm for starting because you're going to have some fans that are going just to see the legends that'll be like, oh, this Tam Nakano is really good. Oh, this Suzuki is really good. I heard about this Mayu. She's really good. Like just going back off the friends that I've had through childhood that we get, we grew up in the 80s. WWF was the biggest thing on our TV. 
anytime we hear that, you know, they're doing uh, something with Hulk Hogan or, you know, back, back before Roddy Piper passed away when Roddy Piper was going to be on raw, my friends who wouldn't watch wrestling, maybe like WrestleMania or something here or there who really wouldn't watch raw or SmackDown. If a Piper or a DiBiase, a slaughter or a Hogan was on, they would watch. And then I would get phone calls like, who's this, you know, CM Punk guy who, well, they know who CM Punk was, but you know what I mean? Who's this, you know, Brian Danielson guy, who's, you know, this, this other person. So that might be the hook is they're going to get some of those older fans that are coming for nostalgia just to see these legends. And then be like, I'm really impressed by that. You Tommy, I'm really impressed by this, by, you know, by that Julia. So that might be the hook there. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to see what happens. And I think this could be just, uh, this is only really a positive uh, for stardom. Okay, so with all that being said, um, the final bit that I just want to talk about is the um, Dream Tag Festival, which is currently scheduled for the 10th of September. Obviously, with Sire's injury, um, the card and the teams have had to be reshuffled. Um, so the teams are as followed, Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima, Yutami Haishista and Maika, Nanai Takahashi and Ruaka, Natsupoi and Sayori Anu, Hazuki and Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe and Momo Kogo, Mirai and Mei Sakurai, Mirai and Mei and Hanan, Tam and Mina Shirakawa, um, rather than Tam and Saya. Um, or was it Mina and Saya? Me, Mina and Saya, me, sorry. Hina yep, um, and Rina, Starlight Kid and Azumi, and Julia and Suzu Suzuki. So we have had that change due to the elbow injury of Saya, but that is now up for voting on what matches you want to see. Now, Matt, before we just kick very, very quickly into uh, what five-star matches we've got going on this week, is there a particular match that you have voted for or will be voting for in this tag festival? I will be voting for Utami and Micah versus Julia and Suzu Suzuki. And then the uh, the Momos are, um, not the Momo sisters, I'm sorry, the High Speed sisters of Starlight Kid and Azumi versus uh, Dream H, right? T- uh, Tam and Mina were Dream H. Indeed, so the Reformation. Yes, those are probably the uh, the two matches that I'll be voting for. I'm very interested that they t- that they put the Momos together. I thought that was funny. And also former goddess uh, champion, Saki Kashima, the thorn in the side of one Mayo Iwatani. Absolutely. There is a lot of history between some of these partners, so it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, Just before we sign off then, there are a couple of five-star dates coming up this week. Not in the same vein, obviously not matches all the way down the card. There are the odd matches um, that are going to be taking place on different cards. There's one on the 29th and one on the 30th. So the show from the 29th will have primarily blue block action. And when I say primarily, I mean entirely. Um, We have got Mirai versus Mina Shirakawa, obviously both on zero points as it stands. Julia versus Hannon. Julia obviously 0-0-1 and Hannon 0-1. And then finally in the main event, as it is currently stated, again, card subject to change, it is Seori Anu versus Mariah May in the Battle of the Tournament Debutants. Um, we've then got the next day in Saitama, the 30th of July. And these are your five-star matches from that card. Only the two. We have got Mirai versus Hannon and we've got Suzu Suzuki versus Natsupoi in red block. Um, un- on the undercard, by the way, of this show, we have got Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori versus Julia and Tekla. 
So that is going to be very, very exciting. We've also got Rose Gold versus Hazuki and Momo Kogo. Um, and then we have also got Mayu, Kogama and Sayurida versus Yutami, Azumi and Lady C. So uh, certainly a card to keep your eye on. But those are your five star matches that we will be talking about next week. We'll be talking, we'll be running through both those cards, hopefully, if the current stardom upload schedule continues. Uh, we'll be bringing you that at your normal time. for patrons, on Thursday the 3rd, of August and for our free feed on Friday the 4th. So, uh, yeah, I think, Matt, that just about brings us to the end of this podcast. I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened to or downloaded an episode or has left those reviews um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. Um, I do just want to issue an apology. I feel like we offended someone in our last episode when we called Yoshihiko a doll. He is, of course, not a doll. He is a DDT legend. Um, so apologies to the one person that pointed that out on Spotify. I do appreciate it. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you go find us. Give us a five-star review if you think we've earned it. We'll leave us a review and so on and so forth. You can find us on all manner of social media at the stardom cast um if you want to talk to me on twitter you can at at real rob goodwin um and yeah don't forget to check out our patreon patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast lots and lots and lots of things coming up in our summer of sire matt let's sign us off good sir Absolutely, folks. Thank you, everybody, for all. Uh, you know, we always get nice things said about us. It seems like the past week or so, it's the, the the positive comments have been coming in more and more. We greatly appreciate it. Also, do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is free. We would greatly appreciate that. Folks, questions, comments, you want to talk about the five-star or anything else, uh, let me know. Matt Turner, OF, on the Instagram and or the Twitter. If you want to shoot me an email, that's perfectly fine as well. Best way to catch me via the email is the stardomcast22 at gmail.com. Folks, once again, we cannot say thank you enough. We cannot do this podcast without the fantastic support. Like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all in this together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.